Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Occasionalist. It's Adam Chembalewski here with the one and only Matthew Pagel. Matt, how you doing on a Sunday today, dude? I'm doing great. Um, really excited to talk about, uh, to finally see Mortal Kombat and talk about it with you. Yeah, I know. We're finally here. We finally made it. We've been, like, uh, you know, talking about this movie for a while now, and it dropped on HBO on Friday, and we're back with another round of the 24-hour movie challenge, which I'm very, very excited about, and uh, for those of you who don't remember, we did it with Uncut Gems last year, which was another great time. I, I really dug that movie, and I've watched it a couple times since, and this, it basically, it's just... Hey, this movie came out recently. It's fresh on our minds. We're going to talk about it. We got an outline. So we're going to dive into it. Yeah, let's just dive into it. So uh, really quick, I know we were going to do this uh, yesterday and everything like that. Are you having any uh, having any drinks this uh, this episode today? Uh, water is right next to oh. me currently. <laughs> yeah, that's all that I'm drinking to. I hit it pretty hard. I had, I had a little, I had one of those nights because I actually ended up rewatching this. Not really rewatching it. I was going back to scenes that I wanted to see again. Um, uh-huh. you know, just, yeah, basically like I fast forwarded through like most of it. I probably ended up watching about 45 minutes of it, but, um, I had one of those nights where like I was doing that and, and drinking at the same time. And like, it is, it's like folks out there do not like get too wrapped up in a TV show or movie while you're drinking. You'll mm-hmm. very rapidly forget how much you're drinking. So like it's, it's an all water day for me today. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing. Um, what is it? Longanitas released something called like, it's like stereo hoptronic IPA. I've seen it around in a couple stores. I had mm-hmm. to try it out. And those brews went down way easier than they should yesterday. Yeah. Who we did they ever. And plus we got the new cat. So I was hanging out with him and stuff like that. I mean, it was basically like, you know, walking in and out of rooms with beer, checking the cat, listening to music for hours on that yesterday. And Jess and I were watching cheers. So like we're, we're almost to the end of it and we were drinking there. So there was just a lot of goddamn drinks that were consumed. We were so happy to get our, our new cat hoagie and stuff. So I am not like, if I have any alcohol today, which is a big, if it's going to be like one glass of champagne later on and that, that that's it. Right. Yeah, there's, there there is no alcohol going into my body today. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm like, man, like I had a nice workout and stuff and I'm like, yeah, that'd be a nice way to like ruin your uh, progress would be to just get loaded as hell on a Sunday. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> All right. So Get into a little bit of some warm-up stuff here. Like, I wanted to ask you, like, up until the viewing, I asked this last time prior to Uncut Gems, did you, like, did you avoid all the, the spoilers? Like, did you, did you go in fresh? Did you have any kind of, like, you know, were you, did somebody spoil anything for you prior to the no, viewing? Nothing spoiled. And I do this, I am one of those weirdos that I do this with every movie that I really, really want to see. I avoid reviews, spoilers. Um, if... If there's something that someone posts on Instagram or Twitter or something, and I kind of just kind of catch it, I try to like scroll past it as fast as I can. I I mm-hmm. do want as as much as possible, and it's really really hard this day and age. Um, as much as possible, I kind of want like the 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 raw experience uh, when I sit, when I finally like sit down to watch the movie. Okay, yeah, dude, I'm I'm the same way. Like I. I've actually like I have this like mental like almost like kind of filter like anytime I'm seeing like mortal I almost like turn off in like a, in the social media feeds and stuff like that like I, I could see mortal or hey mortal combat mm-hmm. and then I immediately turn it off and I did a great job of avoiding spoilers um, I didn't even watch the three minutes um, that were released early right like, they yeah, released, like a couple and like one of my friends told me like the, the extent of it was um, 
hey, it's set in the past and it involves Scorpion. That's all that I knew. I was I was fine with that. And then I'm not going to lie, like the this wasn't something that like Jason Wood was texting me on on a Friday night as I was watching the movie Go Figure when he was texting me at what would have been three, four o'clock in the morning your time. Oh, and he was bitching. He, he was bitching about the movie and stuff. And I think he started texting me like when I was about halfway through. So he texted me something like that I guess could have been a spoiler, but I had kind of figured out that that's where they were going by the time he texted me. So gotcha. that would have been, that would have been, and to thank God that he did it when he did and that I had found, figured it out and stuff because what he texted me was something that I'm going to talk about later. And it was, it was kind of something that, that got me a little bit. It was one of the things I, that weren't necessarily, uh, that I'm not necessarily excited about. Right. So, Okay, awesome. So we did a great job avoiding the spoilers. That's badass. Real, so, real quickly before we get off this, I one of the podcasts that I listen to on occasion, um, one of the hosts managed to, back in 2000, basically from 2016 to 17, managed to avoid, and this is a person that works in entertainment media, managed to avoid any and all trailers for The Force Awakens. Really? I have no idea how you do that. Yeah, that's. I don't even know how that could be done. I mean, even at some point in time, it was all over TV, and I mean, all over Hulu. We had the trailers on Hulu. Right, you literally had to get up and walk out of the room, or close your eyes and like like scream really loudly over anything that's happening because like that (laughs) that trailer was on so fucking much for that like year lead up to Force Awakens. Yeah, I remember the day that it dropped and everything like that. You would have thought that like Princess Diana died again or something. That news was huge. Like you yeah. couldn't escape. I think I saw the trailer like fifteen times that day alone. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. Co- well, good for him. I don't know how the hell that's possible. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. I mean, was he not like a Star Wars fan or something? Oh no, or he is. Just, it's just uh, yeah. It's just it was just one of those things. He said I, I wanted to see it without being spoiled uh, at all, and I'm like that's that's fucking ama- like it's incredible that someone actually did that. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's pretty interesting, man. And like, I was I was listening to Bull and Fox. Really, I'm going to mention this really quick. They had Breck and Meyer on a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, and Breck and Meyer is so like, um, he's just such a film guy that he even considers like Adam the Bull telling him or anybody telling him like who is in a movie that that's a spoiler. Like he wants to go in as fresh as humanly possible. Oh, no, that's ridiculous. So, <laughs> that's yeah. that's a little ridiculous. Like. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. That, I, I get what he's saying, but at the same time, like, that's a little ridiculous. If, if like, the news, like, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this, um, uh, we'll get into this uh, a little bit later, but, like, if there's news about a certain casting for, for a potential Mortal Kombat follow-up to this one, like, they're gonna mention, like, what the character, you know, who the, who the person is playing. Right. I, I like, I don't think that that's a spoiler. <laughs> I don't think that that's a spoiler yeah. whatsoever. That's just information yeah that might be like his like hot take on spoilers or something like that you know like hey i don't even want to know who's in the movie i'm so hardcore and right it, you know <laughs> go figure mr franklin and bash himself so okay so as far as your expectations um met exceeded not met not exceeded what do you got uh met but not exceeded like this okay this definitely hit it hit all the right notes for me for the most part um but i think that there is uh, they i think that they left some meat on the bone Okay, I got gotcha. you. I understand what you're saying. I'm in. A, I'm in a similar ballpark. Like there were certain expectations of mine that were met. They were met full throttle. There were things that we had talked about in the preview episode 
that were that I was just like, wow, that's exactly what I was talking about. Right. And then there were some things that were basically taken behind a woodshed and shot with a shotgun that um, that I'm going to get into as well. Just there's mm. one one thing that really, really gets me. So, um, OK, so, yeah, dude, let's dive right on into it, man. So we got to, um, our main discussion for the 24 hour movie challenge. We break it up into these like little sections. We do story elements. We do the characters. We do filming and technical stuff. And then the last time on um, the last category, we're going to do our prediction follow up for uh, for this episode to kind of follow up on some of the stuff that we talked mm-hmm. about last episode. And so we're going to kick off with the story elements. And I want to ask your questions. What are your overall thoughts on the story? I, I think they did a really good job of threading the needle, I'll call it, in terms of grounding the story in some kind of reality and still making it about the tournament. Like we've talked about how, like, obviously you have to, like, mention the tournament. Like it's the whole fucking point of the game. But they, I think they did a good job of sort of avoiding avoiding what the, what that would mean until they actually like had to get there. If I that got makes you. Sense. Like that, all yep. all of our lead up, our our encounters, like like the early conflicts and stuff. These are assassination attempts. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, you know, in the in the in the opening scene, the cold open, if you will, we get sort of the we get the we get the blood feud background. Like right. and and how and like there's some spoilers there's, there's some like additional information if you're real into the video games about um, what clans these two what the clans uh, uh, Hanzo and uh, Bihan represent and but like it, it it it's like it's not a tournament like we're not in Mortal Kombat yet uh, mm-hmm. we just know that these two are going to become important in Mortal Kombat but like we get background on there you know we get a background a, a scene that gives us background info on them and sort of just for, you know sort of puts it in the framework of these are two rival clans that are feuding. So, yeah, I... so it's just sort of like, it's, it's sort of like we we're keeping the idea of the tournament there, but we're sort of presenting all of this stuff. Um, we're sort of presenting all of this stuff in a way that makes it, it, it's not as contrived as a tournament for the fate of the world. Right. I gotcha. I completely gotcha on that one for sure, dude. Definitely. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, I was a big fan of that beginning part of the beginning flashback and everything like that. Big fan of that. The grounding of reality, they did so well in this. Like it kind of reminded me the way that um, Christopher Nolan kind of grounded Batman in reality with the the Dark Knights and stuff. Like it almost felt like if I had a bunch of money and training, I could go out and do this, you know, and uh the real the reality part of it, I, I definitely dug. It was done way better in this one than in the first one and stuff. Yes, you know, yeah. like you got a lot of it. It felt like this could be happening uh, in the desert, you know, forty five miles away and stuff like that, stuff like that mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, and like I gotta tell you, like the story for me, like overall, it's not too bad. There's there's one thing which which we'll get to the the big one thing that we'll get to that kind of got me. But overall, like I you know it's a it's a video game movie and stuff right. like that. It, it wasn't like something that I was going in, like expecting an Academy award kind of thing. Like I did enjoy it. It was, it was fun. It hit on a lot of the right things for me. Um, there were some things that I thought were, you know, kind of cool and felt newer um, in terms of, the, you know, compared to the mm-hmm. 1995 movie and everything. And I got to tell you, like I, I really dug, and I know that I'm not going to get into this because we have the whole section for characters, but I really dug these freaking characters. Yeah. I, I really did. Yep. Like, I, I got to tell you, I really did. And they had a lot of good chemistry and um, it, it, the chemistry of the characters and the fact that um, some of them were as enjoyable as they were. It just it kind of helped, you know, it kind of helped the story and kind of um, even kind of 
distracted me at times from the one thing that did kind of get me and, yeah. and stuff like that. So. And, and even, and I'll add to that, um, even when they did lean into the video gameness of it, they did it sort of the right way. Um, that it, so like we, it's a, it's a, it's a one-on-one fight game, right? Like we're going to mm-hmm. have, so we're going to have to have those scenes and they did it in a way that makes perfect sense. It's strategic. We can't fight them all at once. So we have to break them up. We have to take them on one-on-one. So like the way, the way that they get to that sort of one-on-one fighting that we're all familiar with in the game made perfect sense to have Raiden sequester them so that it is more, so that they're, so that the outworld villains advantage is now reduced. Like it just makes mm-hmm. perfect sense that that's why we got those fights. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, man, the explanation stuff, like the, hey, why are we doing this? This movie did a great job of it. Like, at no point in time did I ever really feel like they were talking down to me, like, hey, you're too dumb, Adam. Like, this was just, everything, like, made, it made sense, is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying here. Like, there was an explanation for everything, there was a point, they didn't do things that were, like, too complicated, you know what I'm saying? There wasn't Mm -hmm. some grand master like there was a master plan, but it was very, very easy to follow. And the, the explanations and stuff really helped. Like I am a sucker for having things explained to me. Like if there was characters with charts and pointers, I, I'm all for it. So. Oh, then you really like Sonya Blade. She had a whole wall of charts and stuff and pictures. Yeah. I tell you, I really, yes. No joke, dude. I really dug this take on Sonya Blade. Yes, this, yeah. was, yep. this was awesome. Very awesome. So we're your um. So we were talking about the the idea of the video game narrative and stuff like that in the last episode. Uh, was the video game narrative uh, abandoned in terms of the story? Oh, absolutely, and it was it was all the better for it. That like we, like I said, we really didn't get. There are points and times where they lean into the video game stuff, um, and mm-hmm. it's usually just like a, a quip, um, you know, quote or something, um, or obviously <clears throat> the way that we get to the final fights, they do lean into that into the video game narrative, but. It, you know, it's for like a, it's for like a point. There's a reason to it. The first two thirds of the movie, if you it, if you just take out the idea that it's Mortal Kombat, this is like any other, not any other. I shouldn't say it that way. But like the 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 way that we get to the way that we're getting to the final conflicts, this is like a very classic hero's journey story. So mm-hmm. it there isn't there isn't a need for a video game narrative to sort of take over because we're just telling a story and those people just happen to be video game characters. <laughs> Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, the video game narrative, one hundred percent out the window and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they like this was actually like you're right, like a real freaking story and stuff that just happened to contain video game characters. That's a good way of putting it, dude, for sure. And like there were times where you actually felt like you were watching like um, you know, where you were watching like a movie that wasn't a video game movie at the same time too. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like these video game characters, but it wasn't a video game movie at times and then at times it was a it, video game movie right exactly if you didn't if you didn't know anything about the video games whatsoever um this pr- this probably wouldn't like the, the opening part you'd probably be like wait this is a video game what in the right. hell video game you know what i mean like what hell what yeah. fucking video game is this um you would be very confused not like in a bad way but like it would just feel like another movie whereas our generally speaking our exposure to video game movies is like they're from minute one trying to shove all as much from the video game as they can into the movie to make it familiar to the people who play it. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, they're yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the beginning here when we get into the picks and to get into the pick six and stuff like that because I got a lot to say on that mm-hmm. um, on the beginning and stuff. So let's transition into this now. So the the pick six. Here we go. 
this is what we do in this section. It's um, basically picking six different elements from the story. These are like settings, plot twists, certain scenes, the ending, so forth. It could be six things you like, six things that you didn't like or a combination of both, you know, and when you do, um, you know, when you do pick your example, if it's something that you liked, you know, what did that, what did you like about this particular story element and how did it complement the story as a whole? And for the elements that you didn't like, what didn't you like? And what would you change about this particular story element? So let's kick off the pick six, dude. Why don't you Why don't you kick off with uh, with one of them for sure? Okay, I'm going to go with something here that I liked. And we were obviously kind of, we already briefly mentioned it, so we'll dig into it a little bit more here. Um, that they more or less forego the tournament altogether with this story. Um, it, it's, it's, it goes along with the whole abandoning the video game narrative. Um, that they... We mention it, we talk about it, we're, 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 we're sort of, you know, we're on the precipice of it, but like, we're just like, you know what, instead of, instead of having them suddenly at the end of this, of this movie, organize themselves and have themselves fight each other up a tree, um, you know, or through, through a bracket, why don't we just, why don't we like dress this up as, you know, as Shang Tsung and the Outworld uh, forces, um, you know, playing dirty, and then, and then we'll, we'll set up the fights in a way that sort of, uh, Raiden and the good guys playing, you know, Shang Tsung's game. So he, there was no tournament, not yet anyway. Um, and they, they, I'm glad that they sort of that's there in mind. But I'm glad that they didn't go through like a suddenly go through a fucking bracket to fight each other. Like it just it would have it would have stopped the it would have suddenly stopped the momentum, the positive momentum that the movie had been gaining the entire time, and it would have just stopped a cold. Okay, I got you, dude. I'm. I'm a little indifferent on this, the idea of them abandoning, abandoning the tournament and stuff. It's um, this was actually one of the things that this was like kind of like the one thing that kind of took me by surprise that kind of got me and stuff. Um, I'm I like what happened as a result of them abandoning the tournament. It, it did kind of feel like new and fresh. It just surprised me that there was no actual tournament, you know, and I guess I guess I wasn't really like prepared for that. And like, you're right about the bracket thing. Like I, I didn't really, you know, like I don't really want that, I guess. Like I, I kind of wanted something different from the 1995 movie. I just didn't know what to expect mm -hmm. and stuff. And, and what they did was like, I, I'm going to try to um, coin a term here. They, they brought out the Tommy gun and they did like a Rocky five type thing where it feels like, I mean, you're watching like a Rocky movie that's got Stallone, it's got Rocky Balboa and stuff, and it, it ends on a pretty dramatic fight scene, but it's just not a fight scene in a boxing ring, you know? So, like, it, right. it, it's, you don't feel, you're not feeling shortchanged. Like, in no way, shape, or form did I feel shortchanged in, in this movie and stuff like that. It wasn't like that at all. It was just something that kind of surprised me. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I still have like right now, like that was kind of like the thing that I put into my, my didn't like category and stuff. And I have a feeling that over time I'm going to warm up to this. And when they make a second, I have a feeling that this is a part of like a trilogy and oh, we've sure. seen just like the opening chapter of it. So whatever this, like this was set up for what is going to be like two other movies of just like straight payoff and everything. So I'm, I'm keeping, I'm trying to keep like some positivity as far as the future goes and everything. But I was just very, very surprised that we didn't get the, like a, a tournament in this movie. I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I totally understand what you're saying, but it is, 
the, I, I'm, I'm sure if you asked the, who is the writer? Greg Russo, uh, the main writer. Um, yes. That if you were to ask him that that was, that was an intentional decision in case they do get a second movie and a third movie and however many they, you know, they want to make. That, like, mm -hmm. if we do the tournament now, what are we going to do for subsequent inst installations? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and when I'm thinking about this, like, they can't do three movies, three different tournaments, and each tournament is more extreme than the right. other one. You know what I'm saying? Like, and especially with some of the really, really great stuff that they did with this whole, like, grounding everything in, in reality and stuff, it almost feels like um, the tournament really would have no place in the movie because of the way that it's set up in the first like mm -hmm. two acts and stuff. And I, I get, it just threw me for a loop. That, that, sure. That's all I'm saying here. Mm -hmm. Like it was something that um, just, just took totally took me by surprise and everything. But um, I will say that uh, the, the way that they did everything with the explanations, the way that it everything kind of flowed and stuff like that, like I, I really, I really dug that. I, I was a big fan. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So that that was one. So that was one of mine. Did not like. So I'm going to chalk that up in that. Let's okay. go. Let's go with another one that um another one that you have. Um. Let's see here. Uh. You know, what? I'll I'll jump down to something I didn't like here. So we'll kind of we'll we'll, we'll continue that momentum. Um. We needed more background info on our heroes. Um, I realize that this is a result of, again, like, this is, as far as I know right now, this is the only Mortal Kombat we're going to see at any point in time in the future. Like, there isn't, mm -hmm. there isn't a four-movie deal, five, you know what I mean? Like, right. there, are, there are some, like, things, like, I know Warner Brothers actually signed Joe Taslam to play Sub-Zero for, like, like, subsequently four movies, but there aren't four movies ordered. So right. that's, you know, like they do that in Hollywood. It's just sort of like an insurance policy in case. Yeah, lock them down. Yeah. Exactly, lock them down. Um, so because of that, because this is, you know, when they handed this to Simon McCoy and, and uh, Greg Russo was writing this, I'm sure Warner Brothers was like, you, this is one movie. Um, go, ahead and, go ahead and prove that it's worth more than that. So they try to make this movie a combination origin story and Avengers-style team-up. But mm -hmm. it's really difficult to do that when, unlike the, you know, like if we're doing an Avengers-style movie, there are like six movies that preceded it to right. give us background on all the people that we're going to meet and put together. Um, so this is like one of the few times you will ever hear me, this movie probably needed to be more like two and a half hours as opposed to <laughs> under two hours. Um, literally right. the only time you'll hear me say that. It's because of what they were trying to do. They basically needed an extra 30 minutes um, to, to give us some more background info on our heroes. Yeah, dude. Um, this was definitely like a Joss Whedon Justice League approach to character development and mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, like, it would be a world of difference if we didn't have such an expansive cast. Yes. And what's crazy is like, we seem to know more about Scorpion and Sub-Zero than we do even about like Jax and Kano who are on screen for even more time yep. than Scor Scorpion and Sub-Zero and everything, or probably not Sub-Zero, but definitely Scorpion. Yeah. So the, um, the way that, um, they put all these people together and stuff. I, like, it wasn't forced. You know what I'm saying? We were going to meet all these people mm -hmm. eventually. And, you know, we, we kind of had our expectations as to, you know, who is going to be in this movie and stuff. So it wasn't forced their meeting. But they definitely could have used 
a little bit more time to specifically develop the um, the central characters and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm cool with like Kung Lao and Liu Kang coming in like in the Absolutely. second act and stuff, you know. Yeah. But like we definitely could have used a little bit more time with um with Jax, with Sonya, with with Cole and everything like that for sure. And I stuff. I would have I would have loved to seen um the, instead of instead of um, Sonya explaining to Cole like what happened seven years ago or whatever it was. How about mm-hmm. we have that scene as part of a cold, like in the same way that uh, that Sub Zero and Scorpion got a cold open, they get you know they got an, an origin scene. Why wasn't why did we get this mission as a right. scene? And I, yeah. I I have to imagine because I I know for sure I've seen I've, since the last couple of days I just watched some like featurettes and stuff. There is definitely stuff at least there's at least photography of Sonya Blade and Jax Briggs in full military gear. So this feels like something that got cut that, you know, for time or for whatever else. And we just had to basically throw in an explainer. I would have loved to have had that scene. Yeah, of course, dude. Like anytime you have the opportunity to show something, fucking show it, you know? And like for a movie that's an hour and 50 minutes, like there's no way that that scene is going to be, it was a 30 minute long scene. They probably could have left that whole thing in there and stuff for sure, dude. And that would have been like some more time with, you know, the leads and that is another time, you know, that they could have used for like development and stuff. And it's also a little bit of like brake pumping and everything. And um, this wasn't one of my things, but but it's like a like and dislike kind of thing is that there was a there was a lot going on in this movie, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I did one of those things where I was tracking the times and stuff. And this list is long, man, mm-hmm. because we're talking like every one and two minutes, something is happening. There's maybe like two or three slower scenes throughout the course of the entire film. And then they're immediately supplemented by something like extreme going right, right. after them and right. stuff. So something like this, like this little mission would have been like a nice little bit of a break pump. We get to spend some more time with Jackson, Sonia. We get to have a little bit more exposition and everything. And it's something that... Um, you know, in the end, I think would have paid off a little bit as far as like, you know, terms of developing the characters mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I just, it feels like it's one of those things that, you know, whoever, whichever executive at Warner Brothers is sort was sort of overseeing this was just like, uh, you know what, you got to cut that because this movie is a little bit too long. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like. They're like, yeah, this movie's a little bit too long, but the King of Staten Island, two hours forty five minutes is a perfect runtime. Definitely, right. <laughs> I, dude. I like, I, I am the like. Whenever I look at the runtime of some of these movies, like, um, like I, I watched Godzilla vs Kong recently too. I'm like, man, why do these movies have to be like? There are so many scenes you could cut out of Godzilla vs Kong and still have a pretty good, straightforward kaiju movie. That just they just oh, didn't yeah. need to be there. Oh yeah, dude. They spend each one of these um, newer Godzilla movies has spent way too much time with the humans, like way too much time with them and stuff. Like, and I was surprised they somehow managed to get three or four like you know decent fight scenes in Godzilla vs Kong. And um, but then you're back to like, okay, it's the kid, it's the uh, you know, it's the the girl from um, Millie Bobby from Brown. The, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown with mm-hmm. her thing with uh, oh god, that whole storyline. Yeah, thank you for my, I wasn't even about to go there, but yeah, thank you for bringing me back to that. Yeah, so there was a, there was definitely some things that could have been um could have been cut out of there. Yeah. That could have been ninety minutes easily and mm-hmm. stuff. All fight all fight scenes and everything for sure. <laughs> all right, man. So I'm gonna go with one of the ones that that I liked, and I've been I've been kind of hinting at this, and I could not praise enough 
the opening um what is god what is probably like 10 12 minutes of the movie and stuff like that mm-hmm. the entire build-up with scorpion sub-zero was fantastic and i gotta tell you i really um really appreciated that um it was like kind of like you didn't get anything too extreme as far as like the violence goes in that particular sequence. It was almost kind of like a warm up and everything. And like even just the, the like the knife going through the wall and like seeing some blood and stuff, that first little bloodshed in the first couple minutes of the movie, like that, that was just that was just what I thought was appropriate and everything like that. They really um did a great job of setup with that. We got to see it like, you know, a couple of like cool kind of like um fighting bits in that whole sequence and stuff. And uh, it, it was a nice tone setter for the movie. Um, I really dug that we got to see both of the guys without their masks on and really humanize them mm-hmm. and stuff. And it really um, just did wonders for the angles that they took with um, Scorpion and Sub-Zero in this movie, which were infinitely better than the, um, the, the first movie, in my opinion. It was great to spend time with these characters. Uh, this is, yeah, this is also something that I really liked. Uh, we get, we get, uh, background information on them, obviously. We get background information on the Blood Feud. If you're, if you're a fan of the, I had to look this up. If you're a fan of the video games, um, this informs video game lore, um, that, uh, 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 Scorpion is from the, uh, Shirai Ryu clan, or I, maybe it's a, I think it's a clan. Yeah, it's a clan. Um, that brings certain elements to that has like a whole stable of fighters in the later games that bring certain elements into the story of the game and uh, Sub Zero represents the Lin Kuei, a totally different faction um, that is you know filled with like magical beings and shit. Um, so like there is so it did so this is a scene that does simultaneous service to the hardcore video game players, but also gives us gives you know as someone who enjoys video games I've been tapped out on these for a long time like I don't know what the story is with them anymore. Um, but it's but it, it just sets up that like this is a feud going back several hundred years, um, mm-hmm. that, like there is serious animosity and hate. So even if you're not filled in on all of the specifics between the Shirai Ryu and the Lin Kuei, it doesn't matter. You know that these two motherfuckers hate each other. <laughs> right. Exa- exactly, dude. And Sub Zero, um, without the mask on, is almost as sinister as him with the mask on and stuff. Oh, like, he's but- uh, Joe Tasm plays a villain in Warrior. Um, I guess villains probably not the best way to put it, but because they're kind of all villains, but, um, Mm -hmm. he is mega fucking intimidating in that, in that show. Like he just has a face that is intimidating. Yeah. There's, there's this shot uh, in Mortal Kombat where Scorpion is, is like approaching him and stuff. And he's just like, you know, kind of, um, he's just standing there or sitting there, um, you know, doing like having like a moment of silence type thing. And right before, the conversation is like engaged. There's just this like look that he has. And it's so, it's so light, but like so intimidating at the same time. It kind of like when you're almost like looking at like Pennywise, the clown, it's like, Oh, Hey, it's this clown, but it's also like really like intimidating at the same time. Cause he's like, he's a little dude, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like, um, you're not looking at like a, like a six foot five Jack dude, but for this kind of, this guy who's on the smaller side, like he has this, very it's like an approachingly sinister kind of like um appearance to him and it, it I, I thought it was a great it was a great tone setter for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. totally yeah 100 percent agree with you very very nice very nice was was that that was one of your that was uh, yep that was also to... something the story element that i really liked how they the context that they put the the score the, the blood feud uh between scorpion okay. sub-zero and it again they did a very good job of sort of crafting their own story that makes 
perfect sense in the to both the video game player and the people who just want to watch this movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm going to continue on the like train here with another one of stuff that I liked. And um, I, we were talking the, during the um, the prediction episode um, about like I was talking about like the mythos of the tournament and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we didn't get like too, we didn't get too much on that and stuff. Like, which I mean, in the end, you, your whole thing was probably right, um, and my whole thing was wrong um, that we were talking about last episode. But right. Um, like the the mythos part that we did get with um Liu Kang kind of taking everybody through the temple and stuff I really dug that that little part and getting to see all those images mm-hmm. on the wall that they had and like just that Shao Kahn tease was, was perfect was, yep. was, was definitely perfect and that was um that was something I was kind of wondering about was how or if Shao Kahn would show up he didn't make an appearance, which which I thought was cool. Like, believe me, if they would have ended it the same way that they ended the first one with him showing up and then all of them getting ready to fight in the line, I definitely would have barfed. But um, <laughs> that that was a um, that was totally appropriate to just show that he exists. We got to see Goro. Then they showed that depiction of Scorpion killing Sub Zero, and mm-hmm. Cole has that that flash and stuff like that, which was like one of the a few flashes that he had in the movie developing his like his attachment to Scorpion and the lineage and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, I really, I really dug that. That was like as that was as much of the mythos as the tournament. I think we were going to get, I I thought it was very short, very needed. And, um, I I really don't think that they kind of needed to do any more than that. So it's weird. Like I wanted all this mythos stuff, but at the end, it was totally appropriate. You know what I mean? I was thinking to myself, like, as I was watching this, like, well, what else do I have to fucking learn? You know, like, I mean, I've seen, right. the, I've seen the 95 one. Um, they did a really good job of articulating everything. And even all this, some of the stuff of world building leading up to this particular part, I thought was good. So uh, I was very, very happy with, um, with what Adam calls this mythos of tournament and world building that they did in the movie. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Um, it was just, it was just the right amount of touch. Uh, to get you sort of to, to you know, the right amount of touch for us, the viewer, and also, like, for the characters to sort of understand, like, what they're kind of walking into. Like, it mm-hmm. was, it could have, it could have been very overwhelming, but they, I think you're right, like, they found the right amount uh, to sort of, again, just they're, they're using the right amount of the video game lore and the mythos to sort of inform the story. Yeah, I guess there are times where, like, I think everything is supposed to be like Game of Thrones or The Expanse, where it's all this world building and, you know, you all this knowledge and stuff. But it, sometimes it doesn't have to be that, you know, mm-hmm. and, for, and for a movie like this, where um very, very easy to follow. Like, I guess this is once again, this is something where, like, my expectations were like, yeah, there's supposed to be all this stuff. But in the end, there's not supposed to be all that stuff there. Like, in the end, they did what was completely appropriate and mm-hmm. they, they did it in a, in a cool, like kind of newer, different way than, um, than, than they did the shit in the first movie. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, nice. let me, let me jump into something here that I didn't like. Again, this would be a real quick one. Um, and this is just, I needed again, sort of the time thing, uh, again, just because of the way they, this movie's construction, I needed just a little bit more time in Outworld than just Shang Tsung sort of sitting on his throne like, mm-hmm. I needed to see this army. I needed to see sort of... I, I needed to see something other than them, like, walking through the desert. Like, I needed to see sort of, like... I, basically, I just wanted Outworld to be a little bit more filled in. Like, yeah. there should be... I think... And actually, I think that's something that they did a pretty good job of in the original. Was sort of making Outworld really feel like it's a totally different place. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, not so much. Like, it just... it. It didn't 
it didn't quite feel as sinister as it should, basically. Oh, dude, they like the the other movie, like the '95 movie, what they did with Outworld. It was all dark and everything inside these castles and stuff. You know, like you had these um, these imagery, these imagery that could be associated with evil and stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, everything shy of like it looking like the Mustafar system. You know, like right. and they really did a good job of keeping it dark and stuff. And like with this particular movie. It's they're just in the desert, you know, yeah. like, I mean, the the Goro statue, like, that's not necessarily enough to distinguish a completely different reality. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I, I liked like, it. It was a cool sort of, you know, because like in, in the lore and the mythos, he is like this, like, revered, I mean, he's a prince and he's like mm-hmm. this revered figure in that world. So like it makes sense. But like, why couldn't there be like a whole fucking city? Right, that, that that statue is in front of, like that it's, you know what I mean, like a whole like, uh, like I, I don't, it's that is one of those things. I know we're gonna get to it later, but that's one of those things that um, that the that this version of the movie sort of missed on just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to, we'll definitely get to that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on like some kind of just give us something more there, mm-hmm. you know. And like even you're right. He's he's walking through the desert and like um with like Molina, everybody looks like they're battle born and stuff. And like it's not it's not like game of thrones where like hey you know the like when they tried to save money and you see a bunch of knights showing up fade to black and then all of a sudden you see the remnants of the battle yeah they didn't even give us that you know they gave us the after the battle part and stuff and it's like how are we supposed to gauge exactly how great this threat is if we're never really seeing a great threat and like even though like these people with the powers like you know sub-zero like what they did with him which i'll get into in detail later on was amazing and it's like yeah i know sub-zero is a great threat but it's just like one dude you know if we're -hmm. we're talking like um a visual like you, you know like a visual kind of representation of a threat one guy doesn't look as menacing as an entire army of creatures and people from the, the outer world would. It would have given the audience like a better uh, understanding mm-hmm. of the exact stakes that are at mm-hmm. hand here. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I could not agree with you more on that one. So um, let me get into – I'm going to go with another uh, one that, that I liked here. This would be my last of the three ones that I liked. And uh, not going to lie, I really – I kind of was cool with this Arcana thing. It's um the idea that they had to like you know get get this arcana so they can have their powers mm-hmm. and stuff. That was another thing. Like I said, I love the explanation stuff. This was a cool little kind of thing that um really made the supernatural powers feel real. Like they had to do something to be able to you know have these cool abilities and and have these like powers and stuff like that. I, I thought that that was a, like a nice way to kind of um, explain where the powers come from, mm-hmm. how some people have them, some people don't, how they could be different for everybody and stuff. Just a really like I, I don't know if that's in the video game or if that's something that the writers invented, but that was just a nice little um, a nice little addition I thought that um, really supplemented some of the supernatural elements when it came to the fights. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I don't I don't know if I don't know if they mention it by name in the video game. Like they, I don't know if they call it the Arcana in the video game. Um, but yeah, like we needed, we needed a reason for them to like, we need, like, it, it would be like, it would be very strange if Kano just like suddenly, like for no particular reason after getting the mark, if Kano just suddenly could, could shoot that laser out of his eye with no other explanation, right? Like right. we need a reason for him to get there. And you can say, I mean, if you really want to like pull this apart, like 
it, the I mean, it's just a it's just a video game thing. He shoots a laser out of his eye. Like it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> like and right. it has nothing to do with his character at all. It's just that's they're just the nature of the video game. But like it it sort of makes the way that um, the way that uh, Liu Kang describes it, how he found it, it makes perfect sense. How he's like you know the the what was the exact um, like he killed a slave trader. Was that what it was? Yeah, it was something like that. Like, he was younger and stuff like that, and um, he killed, like, a slave trader, and that's, like, and because he, he found the courage to do that, that's how he got his archive. Right, and he, and he actually says, like, I felt, like, this burning rage inside of me. Like, this fire mm-hmm. coming through, and, like, oh, hey, guess what? I shoot fireballs. Like, it, right. <laughs> it, it like, yeah. it, it's sort of, you know, it's, it, again, this is, it, it's supposed to be a little bit cheesy and a little bit obvious it's based on a video game, but, like, it sort of makes sense that that would be his arcana. That that's yeah. that that's what it, that's what developed out of it. Yeah, I, I really dug that dude. Like, and it was cool that um, everybody has experiences it in their own way, which is what gives them the different powers. So yeah. it wasn't like everybody was a super soldier or something like that. You know, it was uh, it's the Arcana is like um, representative to the the character right. themselves and stuff, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, I'll, 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 let me get to something here that I liked, um, and it's just sort of uh, this is a real quick, easy one. We kind of talked about it a little bit before, but I did like how they how they reframed all of the outward vil- outworld villains as like assassins and soldiers, as opposed mm-hmm. to like these boxers just like sitting around <laughs> waiting for a fight. Right. Yeah, it was cool. Like the the way that um, they gave some a little bit of extra to like Natara and uh, General Raiko and everything mm-hmm. like that. It, that was cool. You're right. It wasn't like these people were just like, Hey, we're called up for the tournament. It gave them other stuff to do, which, um, which not going to lie. Like that kind of helped the whole realistic element of the story and stuff like that. Like, of mm-hmm. course these people aren't just going to be sitting around waiting for uh Shang Tsung's call. If they're such <laughs> right. great warriors, they're going to be out warrioring, you know, or right. to be out fighting and stuff like yeah. that. And like, and that's the, like, that was something that, um, you know, like once again, like in terms of like development, like it, it, we didn't get any of these characters like ultra, ultra developed, but everybody had a little bit more to them. Um, everybody did, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, there wasn't any just like, um, stock kind of like, okay, you know, like, uh, the crowd, the, the sea opens up with people and then all of a sudden this one badass fighter walks down and that's like it, you know what I'm saying? Everybody had a little bit more weight to them. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Nice. Very, very nice. Okay. Dude, so I'm going to get into, um, something I didn't like, um, and th- this is really weird and this is probably just me talking here, but, um, for a movie that's like about fighting and all this stuff and like mortal combat it's weird that this movie didn't really have like a anchoring fight scene you know like they didn't have like a super long like this is Mm -hmm. the fight scene everybody's talking about there's a lot of great fight scenes and there's a lot of great moves that were done but it's it almost feels like like when it comes to the 90 the 1995 one like the um the fights uh, with Scorpion and Sub-Zero and stuff like that that take place in, like, the second act, like, when everybody gets to the island and stuff. Yes. Like, I can almost, like, recall those, like, almost, like, shot for shot. You know what I'm saying? They were just so good and they were mm-hmm. so standout-ish compared to the other fights that took place in the, the rest of the movie. This one, I don't really think it had that. Like, I... um. I think that there was a lot of fighting. There's a lot of fights that are, you know, that, that are memorable. They, they mm-hmm. had some cool stuff done, but there wasn't like a signature 
like you can almost feel it from the trade like even like towards the end when we get to the big um the big battle in the end and stuff like that that was still like on the shorter side yeah you know, i mean it was longer than some of the other mm-hmm. fights but it was definitely shorter than than like what i would it's definitely shorter than like the they live fight you know like i that's kind of like where i went with this is the whole like they live thing yes like when you when you see they live like there's you know there's a lot of stuff you could take away from that movie but dude one of the top five things that you're going to mention probably even top three is the fight scene because the fight scene's awesome it's memorable it's long it's done in this point in time in the movie that is just absolutely perfect it's almost like kind of towards the middle and stuff mm-hmm. it's not right at the end or anything and um i just noticed that like a lot of really good like battle driven or fighting kind of movies they all seem to hang their hat on like one particularly like longer fight scene that seems to take place in the middle of every one of these movies. And, and this didn't really, it didn't really have that. It it had a bunch of, it had a bunch of stuff, but it didn't really have like the one signature fight. Right. I, I 100% agree with you that there, I I think, I think honestly the signature fight for me was the first, was the very first one. Sub Zero mm-hmm. Scorpion in the sixteen in the sixteen hundreds in Japan, um, <laughs> right. that was like legitimately the sort of like the the standout sort of fight mm-hmm. because you're right the, the other ones were pretty fucking cool and we're definitely gonna get to that but they were very quick like and again I'm just wondering if this was sort of um, that was sort of an edict from from Warner Brothers that like mm-hmm. this is going too long again like we we're not going to fund you're not going to give you 70 million dollars for this movie if it's going to you know if it's going to be a 3 hour bloodbath video game movie so mm-hmm. cut them down yeah and like i got to tell you if that's if that is studio involvement i think that they made a that they made a mistake on yeah. that one and stuff like that like it, this is a it doesn't have to be 3 hours of fighting but can you at least give us one that is like 10 minutes of just outright fucking going right. to town on other people the two people going to town on each other and e- stuff exactly i have i have a very very good feeling that um if this you know if this does get a sequel or you know multiple sequels um, that in the next one, it'll either open with one or that'll be like the, that'll be the final fight will be some like absolute knockdown drag out, like 12 minute fight that involves a bunch of people. Yeah, exactly. There, if this does get a sequel, which I, I wouldn't see any reason why not. Some of the things that, um, I have complained about, I believe will be fixed wholeheartedly in yeah. the second one. It's, exactly. it's not like I'm not pitching like brain surgery here and stuff these are all just like little stupid fixes you know exactly exactly all right let me okay so you got one more right? i got one more it's just something it's just an element that i didn't like and again it's uh, it's just from sort of the the way that this movie is put together we we needed uh, we needed more info on cole young um and his background Mm -hmm. and everything else and you know so he the the character gets sold a little bit short um it kind of makes Cole Young feel, and especially because, well, I, I will save this thought because I actually do want to mention it later, but it just, he kind of, I don't want to say blends into the background, but like, he just doesn't stand out as much as he probably should, considering he's like our main character. And, right. I, and because of, and because like we don't get a lot of background info, boy, does Sonya Blade have to do a lot of expositional heavy lifting um, right. for, to catch everyone up to speed. Um, it, it's, it's not like it's, it's not like a glaring, issue necessarily but again like like we said like you said before you put it like show don't tell that like we could have mm-hmm. we could have had some scenes that that would have ex- that would have explained it in a much better way than just sonia like talking about it the you know for five minutes to cool young right oh yeah dude we needed 
definitely a lot more with him. And like what's um what I think was interesting about this particular direction and stuff that they chose from this character is like this guy Lewis Tan. This is a fucking stud here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, this might be the first thing I think I've ever seen him in. And th- this guy's this is like a stud. Like this is a legit like stud here. Um, not just like in terms of an appearance and like the the body and the fighting and all that, but this guy looks to me like a leading man. Yes, you know, hundred percent. And. And like he, um, even compared to some of the other fighters and stuff, he was—he's definitely like um, has a little bit more of an attractive guy compared to some of the other like people that were on the screen too and everything. And for him being this like really like attractive dude, the stud dude, he never really got his moments to to shine and stuff like that, you know. Like, and mm-hmm. he—I mean—he had heroing moments, but it wasn't like um he's not the state. I kind of thought that um, just a little bit tease for later. I thought that we were going to like, I thought it was going to be right with a lot of the predictions. Turns out I was, I was kind of wrong with some of my yeah, like, Cole yeah. young predictions and stuff like that. And like, and I'll use what you're saying to kind of to piggyback off of that into my last thing I, I didn't like. And it's just basically like, I needed more of a lot of stuff here, like more mm-hmm. of a lot of stuff. And some things will be, uh, will be covered here in detail as we continue through the episode. But um, I just felt like you're right. We need more time with characters. I needed like more, like more fighting. I needed the movie to be a little bit longer. I I'm watching this and it's like I I don't feel like a hundred percent satisfied. Like I feel like eighty percent satisfied, maybe like seventy percent satisfied. And it's not because it's it's just basically because like I needed I needed more, you yeah. know. And this is a movie that um you're right, dude. Like I will say could have easily been an extra half an hour to 40 minutes. And I think that that would have, it, it would have done wonders for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is sort of like, um, this is sort of like when you go out for like a birthday dinner or something, and <laughs> you get, you get food that you like, but it's not the best. Like you kind of get done with your meal and you're like, you know, I thought this was going to be better, but yeah. it's still pretty good. You know, it's a birthday meal. Like it's something I wouldn't normally like, you know what I mean? Like, but mm-hmm. there's just like this feeling of like, ah, I should have gotten that. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. I, I go through this often here, t- 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 trying out newer restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there is a points in time where we go into places like I'll try something, it looks amazing, um, but in the end, like I'm just, it's not all there, you know. And then Jess and I are hitting McDonald's on the way home, which has happened <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> for sure. All right, man. So we're all so we we're all with the story elements and the pick six. We're all wrapped up there. Very very good start off to the episode so far. So let's move into um, filming and technical stuff. And this is like lighting, cinematography, camera work, specific shots, and so mm-hmm. forth and stuff. But before we get into some of these examples, I want to ask your uh, what's your overall thoughts on uh, the directorial debut, motion major motion picture directorial debut of Simon McCoy. Uh, this is uh, to use baseball parlance. This wasn't a home run. But this was a really solid double. This was like a ringing double down the line off the wall or something. The the money was clearly spent where it needed to be on on the visual effects, on the characters themselves, like making them look as interesting as real as possible. Um, the violence that they that he quarter, that he choreographed and directed was pretty excellent. Um, like I said, the costuming ran true to the characters without looking like like we talked about. Um, you talked about really like you put this really well that like in the 1995 movie, like the look of everyone was appropriate for 1995 like it just you know with, without without a massive budget without like some of the technical stuff that we that we have now the characters looked pretty much except for goro pretty much looked fine for the most part mm-hmm. and like 
this movie takes the characters up a notch and they all look mm-hmm. the way they should without being like too cartoonish. Like there's, they're not over the top. They just, it hits the right pitch. And then mm-hmm. all of the, even though, I mean, the sets, there's a lot of fucking green screen in the, in the second half of the movie. I mean, a shit ton of green screen, but like, even then they had the right feel to them of sort of, it did feel like I was in the back, like I was watching um, someone play Mortal Kombat and in the, back, in the background, there's Shang Tsung's temple or Raiden's temple. There's the fight pit. There's whatever, like the sets had the right feel to them to make it feel like we were watching a video game movie. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, the sets, really, really good job on, on some of the sets. And I'm going to mention that specifically when we get into okay. our um, our pick threes and stuff here. The um, This guy's directorial debut, like you're right about that. Solid double, like very solid double. Um, this is one of these movies where um, like what he what he set out to do. Um, like, I, I don't really with the exception of a couple things, I don't really know, like, what else could have could have been done here mm-hmm. and everything like that? Um, I thought that he um, presentation wise, like did everything like just I mean everything like I thought was cool. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like the um, uh, certain areas and stuff like that were were really certain areas of these landscapes and settings were were awesome. Um, I thought shot wise and some of the fight choreography was really really good mm-hmm. um i i don't i'm not gonna say that this is like the best choreographed fight movie ever but it, it didn't suck in my opinion right. the fights like so right. um so he, he definitely definitely did his job um i am now very curious to see exactly how this guy's career blossoms and everything in hollywood um he's he's definitely going to get more work this won't be the last major oh, no, motion sure. picture th- that he directs um but but i, I am kind of intrigued i'm gonna i'm wondering if this is going to be like uh his wheelhouse or if in all reality there's like a stanley kubrick in there or something and this is just his one like hey i gotta do this to get my name in there kind of uh kind of movie or whatever so um is there, you know i know this is just one movie but is there any did any kind of like uh, other art tours that you would maybe compare him to you know even even though this is just one movie um go and watch some of his commercials and stuff um he feels like he's got a little bit of paul verhoeven in him like okay. if they were to if in fact if they were to like try again to reboot robocop i think he mm-hmm. would be a pretty good choice to to give that some life um to give it sort of the appropriate because we when we talked when we did our, our cinema dissection for robocop like we talked about how like there's like a certain there's a certain black comedic element to it that mm-hmm. that is like inherent throughout the entirety of that movie. I mean, it's satire, um, it, it's it's satirizing various uh, aspects of American culture, and there's like there's enough black humor running through this movie that I could kind of see like how he would be able to play that string a lot better than what they did with the with the recent Joel Kinnaman RoboCop. Oh, that's a really interesting selection, dude. I never thought about it like that, but yeah, that's um, who man, Paul Verhoeven. That that's an amazing comparison right there. I had to get one directorial debut and get that comparison. I think is absolutely fantastic. I I haven't seen any of his commercials, which is like just I, I guess like a something that I need to get out there and do and stuff. But yeah. um, the whole like the whole like satire part and the the black humor part and everything like that. Um, Man, that's really good stuff. I could I can kind of see that now that you mentioned it and everything. That's mm. something I had not considered before. Like, um, and I and I definitely agree with you, man. Like, that's a really really good comparison there. Mine, I like 
for me, I, this is a question that I wrote down and I even struggled to answer. I even struggled to, mm. to answer it and stuff. Like I, um, the movie, it's not like I, I didn't want to like just outright compare him to like another like Kung Fu movie director because I don't think that that's fair in this particular instance. Like even though there was fighting in this movie, uh, it was really, really different from other like other other fighting movies. Mm. And I, I would have to say that like just off that, I guess like the easiest comparison that I can make is this is probably like raid Two Gareth Evans comparison. It's definitely not yeah. the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like more in line of the raid Two where they really start to like expand the story and stuff a, a little bit more and everything. And like we, we, we talked about that, you know, some of the expansion stuff was good. Some of it we maybe could have did a little bit mm-hmm. without, but for something that is not, um, a direct straight up, like you're on your way to the building in the first minute of the movie action movie. Um, that, that would be like the, the, the best comparison that I could make. Yeah. I, 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 that was actually one that I thought about too, that, and it was from the, from the standpoint of, um, and actually I think I love, I love the comparison to raid to the raid two, especially cause it's the raid two is, is trying to do some other things and it involves some other, um, elements, you know, the crime element and stuff into like the kung fu and the fighting and the and the shooting and stuff. And this movie definitely tries to do a little bit more than just be a fight, you know, than just being a video game fighting movie. There are different elements that they they that it, they try to include. So like, I like the comparison. I especially like the comparison because like I I really and I know we're gonna get to it. I really enjoy the way that McCoy shot all the violence. Like mm-hmm. it's it's. It, it, I, I won't get too too into detail of it, but like he clearly has like a he clearly has a knack for for how to film something that is violent. In the same way that I, I would say that Gareth Evans, I think, has an it's not just a knack. I think Gareth Evans might be like a violence genius in terms yeah. of film. And I and I say that from the raid, the raid two, um, even some of his older stuff like Moranto, and um, and from and if you have AMC, you should definitely start watching. It's on AMC regular now. Gangs of London. That movie mm-hmm. or that that show takes violence, takes TV violence to a level that you definitely have never seen it before, and it's fucking excellent. Yeah, I've um I've read a couple things about it and stuff, and like if I'm not mistaken, like the first like five minutes is setting a dude on fire or something like that. Yeah, so, like, it's, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I, I cannot wait to uh, cannot wait to check that out. I, the the lead actor, I believe, um, one of the lead actors was on Peaky Blinders. Yeah, and, jo- um, jo- I, I, uh, Joe Cole. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. So I'm really excited to check that out. And after I, I read that um, Warner Brothers shot down Gareth Evans's Deathstroke movie, I'm just like, you idiots at mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, who is running this fucking studio? <laughs> like, <laughs> so all right, man. So we. So um, getting into this section of um, the filming and technical stuff is called going for three as we're continuing with our um, sports labeled uh, sections for this outline. And um, this is just a pretty easy one. So it's just naming uh, three of the technical elements of the film that you feel are uh, worthy of the discussion and why you feel they're worth talking about. So why don't you kick off with one of them? Well, I, I'll, I'll start right there where I kind of teased that the way that, uh, that McCoy focused on the fatalities made mm-hmm. them feel very special. That yeah. they weren't, not that not that they kind of like left it behind in the first movie in the original, but like we get like full throated disgusting gore, and like we're not shying away from it or anything. There's no fast cuts through the through the um, through the fatalities. It's like mm-hmm. here it is, enjoy it. This is what you yeah. came for. And I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver on this. 
oh, dude, the way that he put together those fatalities, we really got to experience them. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was like, in many ways, the fatalities were as long as some of these fight scenes Mm -hmm. were. (laughs) And I mean, we got to savor that shit. Like the Liu Kang dragon was awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Even like Jax's head smash and everything like that. I mean, I was wondering what was going to happen. I was like, I had that he did it. I'm like, yeah, I totally forgot he had that fatality Mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, so, I mean, the fact that we got those, that they were showcased all like having their, I mean, it wasn't like one of these deals where like, um, they were, they were doing it. Um, what I'm saying here is that the the fatalities, like they got their time, you know, these things weren't like something that, um, they just did to wrap up and move on to the next thing. Like the the fatalities were something that like, they really took a lot of uh, pride in and stuff. And the fact that we got them in the way that we did, um, compared to the 1995 one, I just thought, I just thought it was great. Like they, they really like almost like took some of this shit, like right out of the game and made yep. it better, which was, which was fantastic. Dude. Mm-hmm. That was a really good one on the fatalities. Very happy that you brought that up for sure. Okay. For me, dude, I got to start off. I'm going to start off with um, something that we talked about. Um, this is number one on my list. I love the costumes with the exception of reptile. The reptile was the one character yeah. that they botched. Like they, I think we talked to, they were going to have a botch character. I, the, yep. that was the one botching. And, and even then it wasn't awful. It just like, uh, yeah, it wasn't awful. I mean, it, like if you didn't know what that character was, it was kind of an mm-hmm. interesting scene, but like, right. It like yeah like it just wasn't that's not what I was expecting for what what they're gonna do with reptile. Yeah, I thought we were gonna get a green Sub Zero. That's what that's what I thought. Or yeah, at least I, like I, a, or at least like a more humanoid creature that yeah. that actually would have had like a costume, you know. But but whatever, like what, whatever they decided what they decided was it was fine. You're right. It just that was the one that definitely came up quite a bit short. Yeah, but other than that. All the costumes were awesome. Yep. Sub Zero in particular, like, dude, the detail on the mask and some of the other elements of the costume was just top notch. And um, the first one, like, I, you know, they nailed the appearance of Scorpion and Sub Zero in the first Mortal Kombat, you know, but the whole, like, um, just one solid color thing, that's not really like a, how we do things here in 2021 right. or in modern movies. Like right. these costumes and stuff have a little bit more detail to them. And Scorpion, Sub Zero's, like Jax's arms and stuff like that. Like the, the evolution of Jax's arms and the detail in Jax's arms yep. was. was amazing so i i gotta really throw it out to whoever was the costume designers on this one because this demonstrated like this demonstrated somebody who like either is a big fan of the game or just knows that you have to get this kind of stuff right when it comes to like mortal Kombat movies and everything like you just you have to get the imagery right and the thing that i i gotta once again give it to these people is like they they didn't really go out of their way to take too many liberties with stuff. They didn't put like, they put their own stamp on these characters, but they did it in the appropriate way. It wasn't like, you know, any of these people had like um, extravagant changes to the, to their designs, you know, right. and even if in some of the other characters that I'm maybe not too familiar with, like Natara and everything like that, like I, I maybe they'd had a little bit more liberties with her character than some of the others. But for the ones that I am familiar with, even with Ryko and stuff, they did a great job of mm-hmm. nailing that look down. So um, this was something that just demonstrated um, an appreciation for the, for the video game um, that, that I, 
you know, that, that, that I wanted and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and the co- costumes made me very happy. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was the, the right amount of like, especially when you mentioned like Sub-Zero and Scorpion, like that's how that is. They're both wearing their respective sort of, you know, Scorpion and his like what it would essentially be, especially later in the movie, um, obviously uh, like Japanese samurai armor because he's a samurai. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just right. they married the the look of of Scorpion with what what samurai armor from the 1600s would have looked like essentially, and with Sub Zero what what Chinese what Chinese warrior armor would have looked like, and married mm-hmm. with the idea of Sub Zero. Um, so it was just it was just very perfect in that sense that like it it would be yeah if they had those like bright solid colors like they did in the video games that they were very faithful to in 1995 it would just look very strange. Like right. no, not even like not even like people who practice karate now would be wearing something like that. <laughs> right, exactly, dude. That's exactly right. Like we like, there's something I guess it's just this evolution in, de- in details and stuff. But we've been very, very blessed with um, an incredible detail in costuming over the last like ten years or so, and shying away from that to go to resort back to like just the straight up like you know flat solid one color thing mm-hmm. it, it, w- it would have like thrown the look off so much you know like even even just with a simple shot of like even sub-zero walking or scorpion walking it just would not have looked right because that's just not how our eyes see stuff anymore we right. want like our eyes want the details right exactly nice nice so what's uh what's another one for you um you know another thing that i really liked um for the for the most part there weren't too many um, there weren't too many fight scenes that were filled with fast cuts and mm-hmm. that's just sort of something like when you have actors that aren't very good at physical acting that's when you see a shit ton of cuts in, in a fight scene or any action sequence or whatever and for the most part they they did a really great job of like you said this isn't is this the best choreographed fight movie I've ever seen no not at all um, but it's it's very solid and they do let us sort of enjoy like the movement and stuff in in a very in, in sort of the same way and sort I guess like a diet a diet version and the way that we get to enjoy the fight scenes in the raid that they mm-hmm. they stick with some they stick with some things a little bit a, a little bit longer than you would think um, and there's not too many fast cuts the only there's only one sort of fast cut scene that I can really recall and it was like the the half fight um, if you will between Kano and Sonya on the way to the temple that had mm-hmm. a few too many cuts in it. That's right. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. All the other... Yeah, you're right, dude. There weren't that many um, quick cuts going on in the other fight scenes. And and if I'm not mistaken, like, a lot of these guys are, like, they're, like, legit, like, martial yes. arts people and stuff. Like, yes. um, Kung, Kung Lao's character, Max Huang, Huang... Max Huang is... Like, he's a stuntman, mostly. Yeah, he was in Jackie Chan's stunt team or something like mm-hmm. that I saw on IMDb, which I, I don't know if that means he worked under Jackie Chan or if it's just this elite group of stunt people, but... um. I got to tell you, like the way that these people did the fight scenes, I mean, they were absolutely I like it felt very, very realistic and not like too cinematic as far as like, yeah. the, the fights go and stuff. Like I always go back to the example of um, this fight in the first season of Iron Fist where there's like a couple hundred cuts in like a like a two minute time mm-hmm. period or so, something like that. It's just over the top with cuts and it's one of the worst fight scenes ever. And like this was like the exact um, the exact opposite of that uh, in terms of the fight scenes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm going to kind of kind of stay in the same neighborhood here. And like um, one of the things that um, 
I thought was great uh, when it came to the fight scenes was something that we talked about in the the prediction episode, which is these cool uses of the characters' abilities and stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Like they they really went all out there to um, to do some some different stuff. And I gotta I gotta I gotta tell you this, man. Like the buzzsaw sawing of the body with Kung Lao and Katara, was awesome mm-hmm. that was so awesome and i i'm i believe that um in the video game it's he like takes his hat and like slices you or something i don't think it's like an on the ground thing or whatever but um the fact that they did that part from the video game and turned it into what is probably like the best kill in the entire movie like that was that was just a total selling point for me i, I figured we were going to get some of it from the um the trailer and stuff but uh they just did really great uses of the character's powers. Like when Jack shoots Sub-Zero and Sub-Zero freezes the gun and just the ice like mm-hmm. expanding ever so slowly and it's kind of looking heated at the same time. Those were really, really great examples of just take, having some fun with the um, the character's abilities. Uh, yep, absolutely. They Right, like, again, and I think that's just sort of like, that's just, in 1995, it's just sort of the limitations of what we could do in 1995. But, like, mm-hmm. here, it's like, yeah, explore how... If some dude could manipulate ice, explore exactly all the ways that he would manipulate ice in a fight right. that, would, that would be to his advantage. Um, it just, like, you know, like you said, like, the, the the gun... Even though we saw it in the trailer, it was... And I, you know, I've seen it at this point prior to the movie, like, a couple, you know, a couple dozen times. It was still fucking cool to see it again in the movie. Like, it's mm-hmm. just a really good idea. It's a really good idea to have him freeze someone's blood and use it as a blade. Like, it's... <laughs> Those are really cool ideas. Like, expand on those as much as you can. And it, you know, just makes perfect sense that in addition to the moves that they would do otherwise, that they would also do other things with them. Right, dude. And we're, I got to tell you, we're living in this very awesome time where people are really maximizing certain elements of movies and stuff. And this is just a great this is a great example of that, dude. Like taking these abilities that these people have and getting the fucking most out of it, you know, getting maybe multiple uses of the powers and stuff in different situations. Like this is the cool. This is the kind of stuff that I want to see. And this is the stuff that like really sells me on this movie being you know, so much different and better than the one in 1995. Mm-hmm. These really creative, really cool creative uses of the powers. Right. For fucking sure. Yep. Now, what else you got? Um, something that I didn't like, and it, it's not really like a, a didn't like, I just feel like, again, this is one of those things that kept the movie from being a home run. A couple mm-hmm. of these fatalities should have been much more spectacular. Um, oh, yeah. Like, again, Kung Lao's was fucking incredible. That was fucking awesome. Um, mm-hmm. That was a really good way to sort of kick off... You know what's you know the, the 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 closing fight scenes and everything, that was fucking incredible. But like they should have been more like that. Um, like, you know when we when Sonya finally gets her powers, hers was just too quick. And if and if it's gonna be that quick, then why not have like Melina fucking explode into pieces or something? Um, right. I, I love I, again. I love like the visual of of uh, Liu Kang's uh, fatality. I would have really enjoyed that if Cabal would have just exploded into a million pieces. Right. So, like, yeah. I feel like while they got there with it, um, they could have even on some of them taken them a step farther. Yes, definitely. And, like, I'm, I'm out of the go. I, I kind of combined my going for three. So this was the one the thing I didn't like in the question. Like, dude, I got to tell you, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to expand on this. Like they there's way more that they could have done with some of these fatalities particularly in like the gore and stuff too man like there was like um 
like uh, when you know Jax does that head explosion and stuff, I thought that that could have been like just way more like mm-hmm. you know pieces of brain and head and stuff like that flying all over the place. And you're making a really really good point here with like Sonya and stuff too. Like it was this whole thing throughout the movie that she didn't have the mark of the dragon. Like what the hell is this person doing here? She's not allowed to fight in this area. You know all this stuff. Her not having the dragon mark. And then she gets the dragon mark after after defeating Kano, which was which was badass. Like she finally, you know, and it was cool the way they did it too. Like she just looks over and it's on her arm, you know, and it's just this you know happy like look of satisfaction mm-hmm. on her face. And then she takes out Melina, and it's like there's like five seconds of payoff. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yep. they could have even they could have even shot that a little bit like a, almost like a wider shot so we could have seen more what's going on you know if they're not going to blow up the body at least let us give give us a grand gesture for this whole thing like maybe even she steps up and there's like this purple rays you know that, that are building all around her she's collecting energy just something like that you yep. know and it, especially because they harped on this whole thing about her not being chosen the entire movie then she's finally chosen and we get three seconds five seconds of a payoff out of it and stuff yep. so like they really could have done a lot more in terms of in some of these payoffs and everything, man. And like, I, I really thought that we were going to be looking at a goddamn blood fest and there was blood and there was definitely some gore here, but I, I expected more, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they could have done a lot more of that. Um, it, just because the, the image that I had in my mind, um, what which is what I thought was like appropriate. They didn't even get anywhere near to the level of blood that I thought was going to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's again. It's just that's the difference between a double and a home run, right? Like it's right. You, you hit the ball just a little bit better when you hit a home run. Um, <laughs> that's right. So yeah. So like it's just it's just it's just like a little. They needed of just to turn it up to really in this case they probably needed to turn it up to ten and then turn mm-hmm. it up to eleven. Like it's right. We're not even quite at ten yet for the most part. And and again with it just this is this is just sort of sidebar here. Um, this is this would be more of a story thing, but like, Melina's a pretty important character in Mortal Kombat. Like she's in a, a lot of the games. Um, she's mm-hmm. been so it's just it's and, and granted I I think the ending kind of should make you assume that it's sort of much like a video game. Everything is going to get reset whenever they whenever they do um, you know if they ever get a, you know if they get a sequel to this, but. Like to sort of kill off a character that important, that sort of unceremoniously, this is an interesting choice. Yeah, definitely. Like you're, because she comes in in Mortal Kombat two, I believe, and is there pretty much Throughout. through on. Yeah, and like for somebody that for a character that does have that kind of attachment to the fan base for that long. I, I would have thought they would have given her a lot, just a lot more in general, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, it's like we first meet her and stuff and, and then it's like, okay. And then like, we still don't really get anything. And we're even, we're well into act two by the time Melina even has any like showcasing of her abilities and stuff. Right. And, and then there's really like, there is just like no like payoff on that at all either. Right. You know, like they really just kind of get that mm-hmm. give, give Sonya her movement, kill off a main character and then get to the next thing really, really quickly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. They really could have done a lot more with her. Like, um, so yeah, I was, I was definitely like with the, um, there could have been a little bit more blood was the thing that I, that I didn't like. Is there any other technical elements that you didn't like? Excuse me. I was coughing. Um, <clears throat> uh, no, I mean, realistically, there are there are definitely things they could have just done more of, but like that's mm-hmm. really the, that's really the only complaint I would have is that like there just there could have been more of this there could have been more of that 
the the final fight between Scorpion and Sub Zero could have been longer. Um, there could have mm-hmm. been, you know, they it, like I like the idea of sort of coming back to where Cole lost um, at the beginning. You know, the 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 octagon, the cage. Yeah. I like that, but I'm like, yeah, we, we could have put that somewhere else too. Like, it, right. <laughs> it could have been anywhere else, realistically speaking. But I mean, it was fine. It's just like I think, like on in terms of like the technical stuff, there's just it's not really like boy, this really sucked. This looks stupid. It's just like, I needed, I wanted more of things. That's exactly right, dude. Yeah. They, they really did make a lot of things look really awesome. We just needed more of them for sure, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not too much that I could really complain about with the technical stuff. I just, I just want more of it and stuff, you know, like more of everything. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I, I, I could, could not agree with you more on that, dude. So Let's um let's go into the character section now. We break this up into heroes and villains, and I'm going to start off with um with, a, with something that I've been kind of wanting to hear your thoughts on. So with the with the exception of the uh, obvious not whitewashing of Raiden that they did in MK 2021, what did uh, this new Mortal Kombat get right about the character uh, compared to 1995? So yeah, besides the fact of actually, really, and let's—it's 1995 and 1997 because I'm pretty sure James Remar plays yes, Raiden in, right. in the '97 version. Yep. So yep. it's like two times in a row they fucked that one up. Um, but yeah, so besides like the white, the no, the no whitewashing and actually having a uh, you know a, a Japanese actor play a Japanese character, um, uh, you know that's like that's like the minimal you should be doing. But um, he feels sig- Raiden feels significantly more important. Because we get a it's significantly more important, significantly more supernatural. Um, mm-hmm. Because we get to see more of his powers on display. You know the way yeah. he just sort of rides lightning to places. He opens portals. He exists in a realm that is like between realms. Um, he definitely feels like a. In this case, he definitely feels more like a god than he did mm-hmm. in 1995 and 1997. Yeah, dude. Um, he really like we could feel that power and stuff like when this guy is supposedly the most powerful one we really feel it in this movie compared to the other ones and stuff like and I know like a lot of it affects and stuff like that that we have in 2021 are like a big big part of this but there's something aside from the effects he does have like way more of a mysterioso element to him Mm -hmm. than the other two Raidens did and that, to me, really, like, um, supplements what you're saying here about him being, like, godly and stuff like that. You know, he doesn't have too many lines of dialogue. And even the ones that he does, really, there's not too much revealing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, he's, he's not like this um, big reveal machine and mm-hmm. stuff. And the, um, the, way that, the way that he kind of delivers these lines personally is, like, what I'm seeing to be more in line with the game. You know, and I know that like the game itself, there's no like Raiden talking scenes and stuff like that, at least like in the first four Mortal Kombat's that I played. But um, what I imagine like the character's personality from the game, like outside of the, the fighting arena, that's kind of like what I'm imagining, even like in the same way with the tone of voice and like the, the cadence and the way that he delivered these lines. I, I imagine that to be very on point with what they do at the video game. Mm-hmm. And it just like he just has this like way cooler aura about him, like this way cooler kind of like just mannerisms and like presence than the other two Raidens did. And I mean, even like it's just I know like like leaving like the whitewashing out of it. I mean, just like there were some things with like the uh, 
the the ratings of before that are just like awful like the laughing and the kind of the stuff with <laughs> the, the Christopher Lambert and... randomly laughing at everything just <laughs> yeah 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 like that <laughs> shit wasn't was around that? yeah so dumb dude so dumb and this did this didn't have that which is which just complimented complimented this character so much better mm-hmm. yep hundred percent definitely 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 so which of the not Cole Young heroes had the standout performance to you. This is this is actually I, this question was a little bit tougher only because we something that you mentioned before and we talked about like we didn't get like one long exceptionally great fight mm-hmm. so like it was a little bit harder to parse but like so I'm, I'm gonna go with like a tie here I'm gonna cop out a little bit I'm gonna go okay. with a tie because I, I love I loved how they reframed what Scorpion is in 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 uh you know I don't want to say like totally reframed it from the video game but like kind of he's i mean he's a good guy but not really i mean i don't want to say he's like a good character he's more of a neutral character but like Mm -hmm. how they reframed his story and and as a as a big fan of uh uh, hiroki sonata i love anything pretty much that he's been in um he's just great in everything that he does it just it gave this character he his appearance and the story gave this character much more of a a reason to be like a restless demonic spirit you know a restless spirit that's coming back from hell to to seek vengeance like and his mm-hmm. physical appearance just sort of fits into it the the fact that he's older and has like more wear and tear on his, on his face and body makes that character look like someone who has like been through fights and has been right. through the shit so mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the the way that they sort of reframe scorpion a little bit and like you said i really enjoy this version of sonya blade quite a bit i think jessica McNamee really fills out uh Fills out a very important character um, in mm-hmm. in a very good way. Like, there's just like she is significantly more human than a lot of the other characters that are actually human too. Like, she's more of a human <laughs> right. being than even like Cole Young is. So, like, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed this version of Sonya Blade. So, I love these. I think I would say that those are my two standout performances from our heroes. Yeah, dude. Um, Your well, number one, like the selection. Could not agree with you more. Like, I, if I was to have a tie between two characters, that was definitely who it who it would be. This thing that they did with Scorpion is just incredible to me. This is like a whole different take on the character. This is like a way more real character than what we've seen in prior uh, movies mm-hmm. and everything, and even even in the video games and stuff. I love the look. I, I just like, if I'm not mistaken, I think somewhere in the video games. There is like a, an incorporation of the samurai armor in Scorpion somewhere. Like, I later think. on, like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Later on, yeah. So the, even the video games move beyond just the um, what they had in the, the first Mortal Kombat and stuff. So the, the Scorpion tech, the Scorpion um, direction with the character is is fucking amazing. The the one that I put down is definitely Sonya. Like so mm-hmm. Sonya is by far and away the anchor of the entire movie. Um, she is easily like one of the most important characters, if not the most important, under Cole just for her sheer knowledge and everything that she brings to the table mm-hmm. in terms of uh, in terms of the story. Um, I love that she got the dragon mark at the end. It was a great, like I said, like even though we didn't really get too much of a payout off of it, the fact that she got it by beating Kano and kind of taking his mark mm-hmm. was just was fantastic. It was a totally appropriate ending. And I'm not going to lie, man, 
I really, really got a kick of the whole thing with her living in Gary, Indiana. Like, <laughs> there's no way somebody that hot lives in Gary, Indiana. In a trailer. <laughs> yeah, in a trailer. Like I will, I would bet my house on that or our apartment, everything that there, that, that situation is just so unrealistic, but it, but it made me smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was it, like, it was such a, the little, the little character touches for Sonya um, were, were pretty perfect. Like, I, I don't think you could have, I don't think there's a, I don't, like, I had nothing wrong with Bridget Wilson's version of mm-hmm. Sonya. I mean, she was, like, a little bit over the top. But, you know, again, it's a fucking video game movie. Everyone's over the top. But, like, right. so no problems with Bridget Wilson's version of this. But this, I don't think there there is a better actor and a better version of Sonya Blade out there for this for this particular, how, how they how they presented her. I don't think you could have done better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. Like this was, this is our, like, this is just a great take on the character. You're right. Like I, I really like Brid- Bridget Wilson's, um, Sonya Blade too, but, uh, this one I think offers a little, brings a little bit more to the table, um, in terms of mm-hmm. like the actual character and stuff, mm-hmm. not just like that, not just fighting stuff and everything. So, um, who had the best non-fatality of uh, fight move? I, I, lo- I love this because it's, it's again, one of those, one of those one of those moments that did sort of gave me like got me like to legitimately laugh just luke hang's repeated tripping of kano yeah just over and over again i know it was wasn't funny. that awesome it was wasn't great it was funny. so great that was fucking awesome and I, i'm telling you man he looked exactly like luke hang did in the video game it's almost like he watched that for hours and hours just the tripping because his body was like perfect mm-hmm. um the way that he executed those uh those moves and stuff for sure dude that that was yeah. fucking awesome dude and like for me like i i don't know why i've always been a kung lao guy like even in the video games i've always the introduction of kung lao i i love that in mortal kombat 2 so i just love everything that he did with the hats and yeah. it was cool that he kind of treated it like captain america's shield and kind of bounced it off different things and stuff and um even his coming out of the ground that they worked in from the the video game mm-hmm. and stuff like so i i really like I've been on the Kung Lao boat for years. Um, I'm very happy that they, they did what they did with this character. So he, he's um anything he did in the movie, sign me up for That's like my best. A hundred percent. That was, um, that was like a, that was like a delightful surprise at how considering, uh, you know, considering that Kung Lao's not in it for that long, it was a delightful surprise. Like how much they get out of him, how much they get out of the mm-hmm. character it really was very well done. Yeah, man, like they, he wasn't in it that long and they got, a, dude, they got a lot out of him and his, his banter back and forth with Kano was awesome. That dinner scene was pretty mm-hmm. fucking cool and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know why, but ever since he's been in the video games, like that has been a character that I've just absolutely loved. Like he's got this cool mystery element to him mm-hmm. in the video games. It, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome, dude. Very yeah. awesome. All right, so now it's time for the uh, the part about the villains in the character section of the discussion, and I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this particular character. Yep. So, Goro, 2021 compared to 1995, what are your thoughts? Chama, you can only go up from 1995. Yeah. I mean, like, there's <laughs> literally anything that they did would would be better, and it was. They obviously went the full CG route, Um and they and they did a, they obviously nailed the look um and they did a really good job of him i actually really enjoyed that they the way that they sort of deployed him you know first we kind of just see the long shadow um you know that's like our first glimpse and then like i liked that they deployed him like right into cole young's like family's house or like his garage cuz it mm-hmm. it made him feel very big and important cuz he was bigger than everything around him right. whereas had he been at like the the fight pit or something it would have he wouldn't have been as like it wouldn't everything around him wouldn't have looked 
quite so like small and out of place for him. Right. Right. I, yeah. So like you yeah. deploy him into suburbia and there's this fucking eight foot, 10 foot tall creature uh, with four arms in suburbia, tearing up a truck, tearing up someone's garage. Like it made him feel very big and important. So like the deployment was good. And obviously just going on the full CG route was the thing to do. I, I will say this. I would love to see at some, at some point in time, some version of Mortal Kombat where they just use a really tall guy um, and some, and some additional CG uh, to play, you know, to play Goro. But like, Chema, there's like, this is, this is going from, this is going from a, a one out of 10 to an 11 out of 10, basically. I mean, there's, yeah, they, they got it. Good job. Chema, you there? My bad. Sorry about that. Um, I had to cough for a second. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. So the um, you're 100 percent right, dude. Like this um, CGI route, nailing this look was awesome. And I got to ask you this. You you might know about this. Um, when it comes to him wearing the furs and stuff, is that in the that's in the game somewhere too, isn't it? It's like a later version of the game. They I give him so. like some furs and stuff. Yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty confident that um, like. I'm pretty sure, like, in the picture that I used for last week's, like, preview episode of him, he's wearing them. And that's, like, a later... That's, like, from, like, either Mortal Kombat 11 or 10 or something. Okay, because I know I've seen that imagery before. And it just wasn't from the first game, but I knew that I saw that. So it wasn't like they they were taking liberties there. Because I really liked it. It actually, like... I don't know, in some ways, the, the addition of the furs and stuff... It made it look like it made him look like more like a seasoned warrior type thing, you yeah. know, like maybe like this guy's got stuff, you know, and it's very like um the, the the stuff that he was wearing too is also like fairly um you know fairly similar to other like you know kind of battle garb that I've seen throughout history and stuff like that, and um and yeah it was it was awesome like his his overall appearance was fantastic. Um, once again, I was kind of thrown by the whole him not being in the tournament thing. Mm-hmm. Like I I think maybe if he was if we would have had a tournament or something, we would have gotten more with Goro. Um, but it's also like one of these things too, where I don't really know if we needed more of him, you know, like it was cool, like that, that he fought in the tournament in the first one and stuff. But in all reality, it's just a montage of him throwing guys and stuff like right. that. So, I mean, it's, it's not like we're losing like super important stuff here. So like I'm there, went in the the right direction tenfold on this one and i i gotta really hand it to the um once again the the people who designed the characters and designed the costumes because compared to 1995 i mean this is like solid gold you're right I, 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 going from one to 11 out of 10 yeah man easily maybe yeah. 20 out of 10 yeah. <laughs> at, at this rate but uh i so i really i really dug them this is this is the official goro this is the goro that we um that we deserve for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it was pretty, you know what? And I think you're hitting something right there. It was, he was in it in the perfect amount too. Like, I, I don't think we needed him in, we didn't, we didn't need a long period of time where Goro was in the movie. He was in it the right amount. So yeah, this is, this is, there is there again, like I said before, like I've said it before in the last episode. And even when we did Mortal Kombat a year ago, like anything is an improvement and this was obviously an improvement, but also like they did it well too. Like it's not just an improvement. They did a really good job with this. 
Right, dude. Like they actually got like a broad chested Goro. It wasn't that like weird kind of, I don't know what the hell, that weird body type of that thing. It was like a big worm. (laughs) Yeah, big fucking worm. Exactly. This looked like, this looked like just demonic. So look at the hair and stuff. They they got it all right. Yeah. They they really got it right. Mm -hmm. So out of the villains, which one um, is the standout performance? Is there any other answer besides Kano? (laughs) Like, okay. Are you being funny or serious? I'm being serious. Okay, like in terms of um, oh god, in terms of like the that guy was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh okay. Wilson's awesome as this Kano. I mean, the fighting stuff, whatever. But like, if if he if this version of Kano isn't in this movie, I, I not that it would be like a bad movie, but there would have been it would have been way too serious. It would have right. been way too serious if this version of Kano was not in this movie. Yeah, dude, I got to tell you, like, I was so surprised and pleasantly surprised when I saw that he was Kano. Like, I, I guess, like, when I was looking this up on IMDb, like, it just didn't register exactly who this guy was. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Like, because he's, he's just been great on, like, so many things that I've seen him on. Like, he was in Superstore for a while. He's mm-hmm. up as a pharmacist. He was great. He was on the show called House of Lies on Showtime, which um, all of these did, does an American accent, too. And uh, he's fan- and he's just fantastic. Like, that, that actor is great. So, like, um, yeah, as far as, like, the um, some of the stuff, like, line-wise and everything that I'm remembering out of the movie, like, that guy was just pure, pure entertainment, as he always is. Yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> if, if, if he isn't as funny as he is and he doesn't give the line deliveries that he gives, this movie, like, this movie knows that it's, that it's, it's cheesy, right? Like, this mm-hmm. movie knows exactly what it is. It's not trying to do anything too, too – it's not trying to be anything more than it is. And if we don't get that sort of levity – the little quips about like you know calling Luke Kang Harry Potter, or not excuse right. me, calling uh, Kung Lao Harry Potter, um, like or no, it calls Luke Kang Harry Potter. Like then this movie becomes extremely self serious, and mm-hmm. like that's not we we don't need that. Like I I need this. I need this especially right. from especially from a villain character. Yeah, this guy he had it all, and way better than the other Kano. Like way better, and just. There's something about that guy. Like I, I'm such a fan of him that um, it doesn't matter what he's doing. Like I'm going to sign up, and it's probably mm-hmm. going to be fucking amazing and stuff. And yeah, the the comic relief that he brings into it, it's like actual comedy. Like I was laughing, like actually laughing. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and and there's like various other points of you know comic relief with the other characters. Sure. But he is like the real like comic relief out mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah, that that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Mine and like mine. I'm going to put this these two together. These questions together. Mine was Sub Zero all the way, and it's for one reason and one reason alone. It's the um, which I'm combining the non fatality fight yeah. move. I loved, fucking loved the ice assault on the town and everything. Like that's almost like what Watchmen like was like what Watchmen could have had, which is like large chunks of ice going everywhere and stuff. And this was. I mean, Sub-Zero's got a lot of really great moments in the um, in the movie, but this was the one that really sold it for me. This was, like, such a creative use of the character's abilities. This really, like, made him feel, like, so much, like, like an incredible threat. I mean, he was threatening before, but this really, like, solidified this guy as, like, the be-all, end-all, we must stop this dude and everything. And, like, once again, it's just something that, like, okay, how, what can we do here? Okay, so Sub Zero freezes stuff, and hey, did you guys see that episode of Watchmen? Like when they rain down hailstorms. So Sub Zero makes ice too. We should do something like that. And I, I fucking loved it, man. Like it was, it was something that um, totally took me by surprise. Um, I thought it was 
just really intense the way that they did everything. It looked cool with all the different ice and the, the size of the ice going everywhere, man. Like that was, if there's anything like that, I think I might take away from this movie. That is something that like, that might be my favorite part of the whole movie right there. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that whole sequence um, as it culminates. And I'll, I'll, I'll answer this question too, as it culminates in sub zero shattering Jax's arms. Um, but I love that whole sequence. It is one of those ones, though. I wish when he begins launching the ice everywhere that it was more violent. That mm-hmm. like it's we're getting like heart like we're getting like shards going through people, um, more stuff shattering. I wish it was a little bit. It's one of those things. I wish they would have turned it up a couple of notches. But I yeah, one hundred percent agree with you. It was a really interesting way to sort of show that Sub Zero. He's a very like omnipresent threat. No matter no matter what situation he's in. I 100% mm-hmm. agree with you, and I really enjoyed that whole sequence. And I loved, and it, it's not a fatality because he did not die. Um, I really loved how, as, as it culminated in him freezing and shattering Jax's arms. That was so goddamn cool, man. And yeah. there was another, like you were saying, with this, like a slow burn type thing. You saw the ice crystallize up his arms, and they did such a cool job with the the ice in general. Mm-hmm. Like, like even with like freezing the, the different people in the ice and stuff. Like, it just had this like. This, this sinister image, like this hauntingly sinister image of just people being frozen and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I fucking, I loved it, man. Like I, this was such a, such an awesome job with Sub-Zero and everything, man. Like they, they just knocked it out of the park tenfold. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. They, they, they spent all the money where they needed to spend it. <laughs> so yeah, like, they, right. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's, you know, like, again, like I, I'm, I'm kind of making a joke, but like that, like the, the, uh, where, um, Cole Young has this fight uh, where Jax has his, you know, where Jax loses his arms. It's the same factory or warehouse, or wherever the fuck mm-hmm. they're using. Like, they didn't spend money on on like sets. They didn't spend money on like, you know what? Why don't we get Sub Zero right? Why don't we get right. Why don't we get Scorpion right? Why don't we get all these characters right? And who the fuck cares if you can recognize that we're gonna use the same set for two different things? <laughs> right, right, dude. Like, and speaking of that whole like that whole sequence with Jackson Sub Zero, like, I mean, just how badass is Jax? Like, just like you know, he's willing to go like fight this dude and stuff. I mean, Jax was just such a proactive character in that whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, it just it sucked that he it, it ended with him getting his arms shot in terms of the character and stuff. And like even but even to add like one other icing on the cake is when Sub Zero throws him off the clip and he just cracks his head on the way down yep. and you get to experience all of that crack and stuff it's I mean, like everything about that particular it was just was awesome with him mm-hmm. that was great yep 100 percent. all right man all right so unfortunately we didn't get a surprise character no you know I, I, like <laughs> i i swear like i was um as i was making adjustments um to this outline like i was thinking i'm like there's going to be a surprise character. Like there's going to fucking be a surprise character for us to talk about. And I, I swear like when, um, when Cole was fighting Goro and the, the smoke appears and stuff, I was like, okay, we're getting smoke. Smoke is going to be the surprise character and stuff. And then no, it was just Goro in there and everything like that. Like I, I thought maybe like the, um, the smoke that we were seeing was being caused by smoke and it would just be like a, this big reveal. But we didn't get any surprise characters. It's um, not necessarily like a letdown, but I, I just thought we would have gotten one in there. I think the, the closest we get to it, and I and I enjoy it because it's it it is sort of, it's one of those things that I that again like this movie knows that it's got, it's it's cheesy, but it, it's enjoying its cheesiness, and so I did like the sort of the the tease of Johnny Cage at the end. Um, yeah. Like, like Cole's heading to Hollywood, and like obviously like okay, yep. we're gonna walk past the Citizen Cage poster. Um, like yep. that's like as close as we got to it. 
Um, but you're right. Like I was, I, I, I was, we were both very sure that there was going to be yeah. someone unnamed <sighs> that pops in, you know, even if it's just for like a, a, a quick scene that someone was going to pop in. So I am a little bit surprised that we didn't get that, that hidden character, the surprise character. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm also very surprised that Cole Young didn't turn out to be a named character. Yeah, that kind of that took me for a limb too. Yes, it did definitely. Like, uh, I thought that they were going to have some kind of reveal, or even him just carrying on Scorpion's mantle and being like a new right. Scorpion or something like that. But but we didn't even we didn't even go we didn't even go that way. And like, no joke. Like when we were talking last time around about how great it would have been if like the end of the tournament he becomes like Shao Khan or like a Darth Vader, like a villain type figure. Yeah, like. I think I abandoned that about like 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> like, and it, it would have been awesome if it did. Like, I still think that that would have been awesome, but um, I, I kind of abandoned that early on. Yeah. Mm. I, I honestly, um, after the end of the, of the, of the cold open, I was like, Oh, so that, that baby's either that baby either yeah. is somehow Cole young, like, you know, Raiden pulled him through time um, mm-hmm. or it's a descendant, uh, you know, and, it, and he's clearly on the side of good. So, it's it's we're not gonna have like a Darth Vader type of reveal for Cole Young. Yeah, they were like the um once Raiden did that and then not only um did he Raiden take the baby, well we started to get those flashes, which we he gets those flashes, I think. We're looking at at least one or two flashes in the first act alone. Yeah. So that that right there is like, okay, yeah. So he's definitely going to be a, a, a good guy, uh for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. And I, did you notice that they dropped a Nightwolf Easter egg in there? Like he's on Sonya's board. Oh, is he? Yeah, that was like that was so like there the cage thing was one Easter egg, and then there's a photo of like a um, a Native American like guy, uh, which um, who's in this tournament, and I'm assuming that that was Nightwolf. Yeah, no, you're yeah, I, I that's that's something that um, I, I I'm sure if I were to go search this online right now, I bet I'm willing to bet Sonia's board is covered. And yeah. Easter eggs, oh, like left and without right. a doubt. Yeah, definitely. And and th- that's like when I saw that, I was like, okay, so he might be the guy, you know? Like I thought that was like a little bit of foreshadowing there, but um, but 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 it, but it didn't and stuff. So I, I yeah, you're right. If some, there's probably somebody out there who's already freeze framed it and zoomed in and stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, here's here's every character that's ever been in the game right. on this board, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> Which again, again, considering the very important part that Sonya Blade plays in this movie. I, this is, I, I think, this is like my biggest regret of this movie that we didn't get, we didn't get a, a scene of that mission that she talks about with with Cole Young, where her and Jax's team gets torn up, and that's how you then you could have introduced like a minor character, you know, a minor yeah. villain character that kills a bunch of people but they end up killing, um, to sort of like set the stage for like how Sonya Blade knows so goddamn much, right. That's exactly right, dude. Yeah, they could have done like you could have got Baraka or something, just something really quick, you know, like a, just to give everybody like, hey, this is Mortal Kombat, you know, like we are doing more than what you saw in the trailer, kind of stuff yeah. or whatever. And yeah, like I, like somehow the Justice League hid the Martian Manhunter thing for me for like a while. Like I was like, okay, I was kind of still surprised when Martian Manhunter showed up in the Zack Snyder Justice League. Mm-hmm. I thought we were gonna get get something like that. Yeah, so. yeah. But, but we did not, and that's all good. Maybe they will do that again in the. Uh, maybe they will do it in the um, in the sequel. And stuff. I, you, so I'm, I, I'm do... telling you, if, I, I would be I would be very surprised if this doesn't get a sequel. Um, just for for various reasons, not because like I mean the box office is going to be weird, just because mm-hmm. of, of the of the pandemic. The box office is going to be weird, but like this feels this feels almost like this feels almost like a slam dunk for HBO Max. 
Um, that if like, why not bring? Why not help fund another movie, another another one of these, and just bring it straight onto your streaming service? Yeah, they got dude, they got enough money lying around, and believe me, with the shows that they're putting out, they could they could cancel a couple of these shows and put it into a movie or yeah. something like something yeah. like that. But like, yeah, dude, I. I think that's a great move for HBO Max and stuff. Is like, and even if you're not going to release it in the theater, give it give it to the streaming service. Why the hell not? Like, people are going to watch this. This does have an audience, you mm-hmm. know. And and if you put it in the theater anyway, maybe it takes home a couple million dollars too. Who knows? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So we're going to get into the prediction follow up here, and uh, some of these I was wrong on. I'll be the first one to admit yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, same here. But but uh, so let's get let's kind of run through these here. So. The uh, who is going to be in the best fight? I believe we both had the Scorpion Sub Zero fight. Um, so, what uh, were we right or wrong? I, I think we're right. I think I think the I think that in fact they're in the two best fights, um, yes, top exactly. to bottom. Um, you know, yeah. not necessarily the best fatality or like the bloodiest, but like those two fights had those two fights had just a little bit more mustard on them. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Those ones you were feeling those fights a little bit more and stuff like yeah. that. And the the first fight sets up the second fight so well and stuff that just there's a lot of weight on yep. um, that conflict between uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, definitely. So we're both right on there. Uh, who is going to be in the most fights? We had uh, Cole Young. I think we both had Cole as a You had most Cole, fights. I had Sonya Blade. Thank you. Okay, I knew it. I, that's the one thing. I knew it. I knew it. Okay, yeah, I was making this out. I'm like, I knew I missed one of these. So you had Sonya. So uh, we're... We both. So who is right in this one? Um, I, so this is yeah. I was I, I sort of forgot to tally Cole Young's fights because uh, obviously he fights he fights Molina he fights along you know with Scorpion fights Sub Zero um, mm-hmm. fights uh, fights Goro and then also as a bonus he fights someone and gets his ass kicked at the beginning. So exactly. Um, so I think he's in four and I think Sonya Blade's in three fights. Okay. Okay, yeah, I would I would have had to assume Cole just being the main character would have been in the the most fights on that one and stuff. Yeah. And Sonya pulling it in with a close uh, with a close three and stuff for right. sure. Okay, um, we had the best fatality. This one I was definitely wrong. So we're I, both I wrong because it's it's Kung Lao fucking cutting getting Natara in half. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was by far and away the best fatality. I think probably that the head pop and the dragon might be my one, two, and three. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I would agree with that too. I did enjoy the the one thing that I did enjoy about Sonya's fatality uh, to Molina was how we do get the sort of the the very video game look through the wound, through the hole in her, like or straight through mm-hmm. her. Enjoyed yeah. that. Like, I mean, that's a, ni- a nice little touch, even though it did come a little bit too quickly. But yeah, I, I would agree with your one, two, three there as well. Okay, awesome, awesome. And then uh, Cole being the chosen one, we were both right on that. It's, <laughs> we it's weird that like right he that. is, but he also isn't. You know what I mean? They're all cho- they're all chosen. They're all right? chosen. I mean, every, yeah, if you have the tattoo, you're chosen and stuff. And it's you know, so when we're so like Jackson, always in the car, like you're the chosen one, blah blah blah. I, I thought that like he would get like a just like i don't know maybe like a power that was better than everybody's i mean maybe his suit technically is or something i I just think that um okay number one um the suit thing yeah it's cool but i I think it's been done a lot energy absorption and all that stuff like ever ever since like x-men first class with uh kevin bacon's character and stuff sebastian shaw uh, energy absorption and then converting that energy into stuff is something that has become kind of like a common thing in, in superhero movies and stuff. Right. So I was a little like, I was kind of like, okay, like you guys maybe could have done something better like here. And I mean, I thought it looked cool. Like I liked him, the image of him with the, uh, 
the upper body gold armor and stuff I, I thought looked awesome. It looked like Batista's character and the man with the iron fist mm-hmm. and stuff. But, but um, I, I really thought that they could have just made him a name character and it would have been a better choice. Yeah, probably. Um, they, they do tell you exactly what's going to happen to Cole though. At the beginning, his trainer calls him the human punching bag. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah, if you're, is. you know, like again, it's not something that like I, I realized at the time, but like if you're very clever and very catching to foreshadowing real easily, um, that would have been a that would have been a big hint, but yeah, it was, it's, it, it is weird that he just wasn't more important, because like mm-hmm. it, it, the, what the movie insinuates is that like it basically could have been anyone, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like I would have thought that maybe like he, I know that like no one fought Shang Tsung or whatever, but I thought maybe the final fight would have came down to the two of them, and he beats Shang Tsung, thus solidifying himself as the chosen one. Right. Maybe maybe that happens in the third, the final installment of this franchise, but. I would have thought that there was some kind of nod that they would have given to be like, yeah, guys, this is why you spent all this time following this character around. This is why you had to meet this guy's family and stuff like that, you know? And, and in the end it was like, it just seemed, I mean, it was granted he was in the final fight, but that didn't necessarily prove to me that he was a chosen one. Right. And like, they call him like he's part of the quote unquote, the prophecy, but it doesn't really seem like the prophecy necessarily mattered that much. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's right. It like it. I mean, it does. Like he's one of the the Hisashi bloodline or whatever. But like, the the group could have come together without him. Like there there wasn't mm-hmm. something that he does, or there isn't some like key that he's holding that like makes him super duper special. Other, really, mostly it just makes him special to Sub Zero. That right. He, that Sub Zero failed in what he was supposed to do. That's exactly right. And like when it comes down to like the, the rules and like nothing really matters in the movie at all. Like you had Shang Tsung breaking all the rules of this tournament. No one cares. Like uh, Raiden, like Raiden was the only one, I guess, actually like following the rules and mm-hmm. stuff. So like, you know, if it's one of these deals, like I get, if nothing really matters here and only one guy's following the rules, then why should anything matter? Right. Stuff, you know? Right. So, yeah. Like I would have thought that they, they could have given just like something more, you know, and even like his abilities and stuff like, yeah, that's cool. But I, I didn't really think that that was anything better or cooler than Liu Kang's dragon or Kung, Kung Lao's buzzsaw had chopping up that chopping on the Tara. So I, it was weird. It's like this character that we were supposed to, that is supposed to be the badass and supposed to be the awesome like protagonist and stuff kind of like, fell in terms of like standout performances compared to some of the surrounding cast members yeah at the the very least they should have made his fatality on goro like way more of the top like he should have like like fully chopped like two of his arms off and then like Mm -hmm. you know decapitated in some really grisly way like yeah that you know what i mean like if if we're gonna shortchange him on the story and his importance in the story then at least give him like a really cool final kill on this fucking monster no, exactly, dude. And like for for that being Goro, like you know, we're as the audience, we're safe to assume Goro is now out of it. Now we might not be seeing him again. He could have had a much more elaborate death. You know, yeah. that could have been Cole like just digging into him with that the the knives or the axes he had on his hands or right. something. You know, just give us like some something more. You know, exactly. And, and you know what? That's how I will I will sort of wrap up my feelings on this and on this on this movie. Is sort of like put a, you know not to put a bow on it, but like my feelings in this whole movie are like. A ton of stuff that I liked, ton of stuff that I really dug, just I needed it turned up several notches. 
Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Just give us more. Just turn it up. Crank that motherfucker up. And when we get Mortal Kombat 2, uh, hopefully uh, McCoy is listening to this podcast. or when, when it I'm sure. I, I, I sent him an email, told him to check it out. So I'm sure he will be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and believe me, this is something, like, in all seriousness, so this dude needs to listen to this episode for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, all that stuff, like, hopefully they, they fix it and everything. And um, if there is like, studio executives or whatever, like, hopefully they're sitting in a room and they're like, yeah, maybe we should back off a little bit next time. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if it's just going to be released on HBO Max, let this guy do whatever he wants. Right. <laughs> all right, man. So in the, in the last question here, going into the outro, is there anything that you believe the um, Mortal Kombat from 1995 did better than the Mortal Kombat of 2021? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned before, I, I just think I, I just think when we got to the, the whole Outworld thing, um, Outworld just felt more nefarious in mm-hmm. 1995. And uh, it, felt, it felt more nefarious. It just it was a better setting. I mean, it doesn't not that it like looks better. It just it, it, had, it had more weight <laughs> to it. Um, yeah. and as much as I, as much as I enjoy the actor that played Shang Tsung, uh, Chin Han, um, boy, it feels like, it feels like why didn't they include, uh, Kerry Tagawa and bring him back? Cause, mm-hmm. cause one, he's just a fantastic actor, but like they, the creators of Mortal Kombat liked his version of Shang Tsung so much that that is who is Shang Tsung. In all the later mm-hmm. versions, it's Carrie. It's Carrie uh, Tagawa. His face, his really? performance. That's who Shang Tsung is. Oh no, shit! I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Okay, wow. So like, that's I, pretty cool. So like the like, he just again, Chin Han is totally fine as as Shang Tsung. Carrie Tagawa is significantly more menacing. Um, mm-hmm. That Shang Tsung was significantly more menacing, and I and who cares since he doesn't, he doesn't fight in this movie anyway, why not bring back a 74 year old actor? Like it doesn't fucking matter. He was awesome. As, right. He was awesome as Shang Tsung. And I think that that's, that's something where they, it, I don't like, I don't need those sort of cameos, but like that would have been a really good one to do. Yeah, definitely dude. Yeah. That Shang Tsung performance from 95 was so goddamn intense. That guy brought the wood to that performance. You know right. what I'm saying? And like for Shang Tsung, being so limited in this. I mean, he didn't even shapeshift or anything. He just basically sucked a soul and that was his highlight reel, you know, which could have been, which could have been more grisly too. Oh yeah. Easily, easily could have been more grisly stuff. And like, so yeah, I mean, I agree, man. Like they really could have done a lot more with, um, with Shang Tsung on this one. Um, compared to like that 95 just seemed to hit everything so perfectly with that character that, um, yeah, that this one, like this 2021 again could have done more for yeah. sure definitely and yeah and like mine is um like i think the 95 one hits a little bit more it's a little bit truer to the the game i think like yes. you're you're i think you're looking at more of a video game movie in 1995 um it, believe me like i i believe that this one is like a is a better movie all around like yeah. for fucking sure but like 95 um with that like just with everything the nostalgia element what they do it's like it's a better movie by by some significant amount but i, I don't think it's like astronomically better than the, the first one is right you know correct correct so, yeah so like and and that whole thing like i said like for not capturing the elements of the game they did like they did the best that they could and stuff this is a like a fresher take this is something them trying to do something different um and it's not like it's still like a. I'm in, I'm in it for the characters and the fighting and the blood and stuff like that. You know, there doesn't need to be brackets. I don't need to see a dark, fiery mountain. Um, 
but there is still something about 95 that captures the essence of the game a little bit better. Exactly. The 1995 is a video game movie. 2021 is a movie with video game characters. Exactly. That is a, that is a perfect way to put it. I couldn't put that any better myself. Yeah, that's it. That's I, I, don't, I have no other thoughts on it. We did the damn thing. And yeah, just overall, like, like there's there have been some reviews that are like, it, you can tell... You can tell which reviewers know what this movie is supposed to be versus the ones mm-hmm. that are expecting more. Um, right. Even like even even though the, the target is, they're aiming for some violent B movie cheese, right? Like that's what they're going mm-hmm. for. And I still think that they were just they were off just slightly. It's not a bullseye, but it's it's almost a bullseye. Um, but like even then, like if you're like expecting, if you're expecting uh, a, a movie that's filled with people who uh, like. Max Wong has like never acted acted before. He's a stuntman. Like right. so like his he kind of like his line delivery was a little bit you could just tell like this is sort of the first time I'm in a starring role in anything. Um, right. You know like so like Louis Tan for the most part um he's got the leading man looks, he's got the leading man um charisma. You know like but he like he is first and foremost an action actor. So like I, like I don't care about like him trying to emote and show like how much he loves his daughter. I need him to kick the shit out of people. So like right. the the complaints that like I've seen some of the reviews had. I'm like, well, like why are you expecting that to come out of the fucking Mortal Kombat? Like it's that's not what's coming out of here. What's coming out right. of this movie? They definitely deliver, but I just feel like they could have delivered it just a little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. When it comes to some of these critics, I, I am starting to believe that they hate everything except the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, Joaquin Phoenix, and like maybe like seven or eight other actors and stuff. Yeah, because the the trends that that I kind of notice sometimes is that if it is anything other than what I just mentioned and like you know the actors and stuff like that, everything just gets shit on. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's that seems to be like the it's like hey by the way this doesn't have Marvel or Disney attached to it. We're just gonna shit on every single fucking thing. You know and. It just it just gets me a lot of the times, you know, because like like for this movie and stuff like that, like I did a really great job of avoiding spoilers, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I wasn't able to notice some negative energy out there, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and and this whole like um the way that we are with things nowadays, like it just you know like the I haven't even seen the movie, and there's already been forty thousand takes on the whole thing that are all somehow coming into my Twitter feed via retweet or people actually talking about the movie, and it just. It, it just does shit to you mentally. You know what I'm saying? Like, and um, I just, I just can't, there just seems like there's too much of it going on and stuff like that. And it's like, you're taking all this time to like shit on all these movies, but yet there are a bunch of movies that, that rightfully deserve to have some kind of criticism. And you're just like, it's the greatest thing ever. Captain Marvel two comes out. You'd be like, it's the most groundbreaking female superhero movie of all time. It's amazing. But then, like you know, something else comes along, and it's just like, oh, it's shit. It's god awful. Fuck it. Yeah, I know. I, it's 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 one of those like is is this movie a great movie? No, it's not a great movie. But I'll go ahead and show you what a bad movie looks like, and it doesn't look like this at all. Right. Like you know, they have to have some. It's like it's almost like the Marvel movies and everything are judged on this like separate plane. But every other movie that's ever made has to be compared to like. Citizen Kane or like an Academy Award winning best picture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, like, uh, you know, this, um, Ant-Man two gets, gets a pass, 
but we have to look at Shazam like it's an Academy Award winner. I, yeah, it is very strange, and I think that just goes to show you the the, the power of Disney and Marvel at this point. Like, yeah. like until Thor Ragnarok, uh, Thor sucked. Like, right. those movies right. were not in, like I didn't find them enjoyable um, for the most part. Um, like until until like they until they gave it to Tika Waititi and like they're like, hey, can you make this character like interesting and funny and uh, can you do something with it? Um, so like, but it, it just I guess it just goes to show you the power that like that like first these movies apparently can do those movies can do apparently no wrong, but and I, I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole because it's gonna it could take us forever, but like yep. Zack Snyder wants to make an adult movie about adult themes, about, like, adult things, and it happens to star superheroes, like, then we're going to, like, crush it because it, we're going to crush him because it's not what Marvel's doing. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I, like, like again, it, I don't think Zack Snyder's movies, his, you know, his vision for the, for the DC Universe are, like, my favorite, but I appreciate that he's, like, doing something that isn't, that isn't, like, just, like, popcorn, you know, yeah. fluff, that it's, like he's going to try to tell like an adult story. Yeah, that's you, what you're illustrating here is like this. It's this dynamic conundrum thing that's. It's like it's almost like this cloud that just hangs over the movie industry in general. Like, hey, like we want something new. We want something fresh. We want this. You know, we're so sick and tired of all the same old bullshit. And Hollywood just makes the same crap over and over again. Something legitimately different comes around. God, we want it to be like everything. Exactly. Else. You know, like yep. Jesus Christ, like man, you couldn't have made that funny. Like you couldn't have made Batman Superman funny. Like what's up with that, bro? Like it's it's just this stupid thing that is completely it's so unfair and i will tell you it is stifling the the development and the evolution of film for sure and yep. our tv everything yep yep which is let's not get down that rabbit hole because we can yeah, just keep no, talking about no. that for a while oh, yeah, yeah you bet dude yeah that's another that's a whole other three hour discussion right there yep yep <laughs> but uh yeah i don't have anything else um love this this was um i i really enjoyed this format too when we do the 24 hour movie challenge it's a fun a fun way to, or in this case, I guess 48 hour challenge, but like a fun yeah. way to sort of like really like in a short period of time, first impressions, throw them out there. Um, yeah, I, 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 I always enjoy doing this one. Oh, definitely, dude. Hopefully we'll have some more opportunities in the, uh, the future and stuff like that. Even beyond 2021, you know, hopefully they'll continue to do the streaming release format and we can have ourselves some more 24 hour movie challenges in the future. Absolutely. All right. Do you want to lead us uh, out of here then? Bro? I will. Uh, once again, thanks everyone for for listening to us uh, drone on about the fucking movie in which a flying woman gets cut in half by a by a frisbee hat that, that's in the ground like a saw blade. Um, uh-huh. Really, when you when you say it like that, it sounds really ludicrous. But um, but thanks for thanks for listening, uh, downloading. Uh, you can find us um, all over the all over the socials at uh, the Occasionals Podcast. Um, find it on your wherever you get your podcast you can find us there as well um, and for Adam Chemilewski this is Matt Pagel telling you out there to have a good one and uh, if you do have a dragon marking that pops up on your on your skin at some point in time in the future just fucking run just yeah. fucking run <laughs> yep you bet dude I got that going on right now so everybody thank you see you, see you next time for sure